What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. All right. Welcome to Mostly Sports. Very quick intro there. I like it. I you like were the on new that. Setup. You were on that really well, actually. Oh, thanks. Nice job by you. Thank you. Uh, great show coming at you today. It is officially Christmas time. We're getting there. Trees are up. Christmas parties have started. We'll delve into that a little bit. I know we were bouncing around all weekend. I don't know if you were, too, with the Christmas parties. Uh, the Bulls are all set. The CFP played out just like I am glad it did. I'm glad we get to see this Oklahoma matchup with Alabama. And uh, an interesting week 13, was it, in the NFL? I believe, yeah, week 13. Yes, sir. Um, things are kind of trying to shake out with an interesting finish last night in Pittsburgh, especially for all of you gamblers, me being one of them. First time in 175 games that Pittsburgh has blown a 16-point lead. First time in franchise history at home. And I was on the Pittsburgh side, obviously. I'm never on the Chargers side of anything like that when that happens. But we're glad you're here. We started a little bit late today, but we are ready to fire it up. Jay, how are you doing today? Good, man. Great to be here. It's a beautiful day in Southern California. As you said, getting on a little bit late, but there's plenty to talk about. Sports are heating up. If you can't do a sports show in November, December, you can't do a sports show at all. Because this is yeah. just like prime freaking time. We're going to talk a lot of gambling today. I got up early. Did a little deep dive into some gambling stats. I'm channeled my inner Scavati. I'm armed with numbers. Nice. Ready to go, man. I like it. I like it. I got some good numbers, too. Uh, we're going to make this show a little bit a little molded around gambling a little bit. Because even though I'm checking the matchups for all the bowls coming out, my eyes go right to what that line is. Because uh, there's a lot happening right now. Let's get first to some of the games this past weekend and what the committee did with putting Oklahoma in that top four. Uh, were you watching college football all weekend? Yeah, man, I was dialed in. I mean, obviously, I had all the underdogs on our Instagram page. I was a robust one and four. Every time I creep towards five hundred, I have like a huge step back. You actually had a yeah. great week. I think you were five and one or four and two. I was four and two. My my pick from three weeks ago that Stanford over Cal carried over to this week because they had to postpone the game because of the fire. So I was four and two. One of my biggest week, not one of my biggest week ever. Yeah, you, you seem to be finding your groove. I don't know. I was just kind of on all these underdogs. I, I wasn't quite sure if, you know, we talk about how great these teams are. You and I were talking before the, the show, and you're like one of the all-time great Alabama teams. Yes, yeah, statistically and all that stuff they are. But, like, I test-wise, that defense seems very young to me. They seem a little – they're going to give up a couple points. Our boy Patrick Sertain. Yeah, our, our guy you know. from American Christian. And, you know, they're, they're all very good, but I feel like there's just a lot more parity in college football. So I went with all the uh, the dogs, and it didn't work out for me this week. No, tough week for you. One and four. Tough week. Uh, but, again, we make these picks so early on in the week. I like doing that so we don't get influenced by – I'm putting up quotes, experts, because one thing I've learned from gambling, and I haven't learned that much from gambling over the years, is that the experts have zero clue what the hell they're talking about. Zero clue. Um, I like going back every once in a while and checking to see what kind of rationale they have for some of the picks. And at the time, it sounds great. I hate if you just look at the numbers. I, I had some great numbers. Why to bet Pittsburgh in the over last night? And mm -hmm. the over hit pretty easily. Pittsburgh looked like we were cruising halfway through that second quarter. We were rocking. And then uh, 
No, <laughs> that was over pretty quick. And then some ridiculous calls. We'll get to the NFL later. Um, do you agree with them putting Oklahoma in that final four? Yeah, this is a pretty much a no-brainer. We talked about this a little bit last week. Everything kind of fell into place, and it was a very easy decision for these guys. You can't really wake up today as an Ohio State fan or Monday, whatever, Sunday, and, and argue that you should be in, right? You lost to Purdue by, what, 29? 29. It, like, at the end of the day, like, this was probably the easiest year they've ever had yeah. picking the four teams. Uh, you know, then there's people at the eye test. We all know Georgia is one of the four best teams. We all know, you know, people. Wayne's already on the message board talking about Notre Dame. We all know Notre Dame probably would lose to any of those other teams. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, you got to go with the, you know, what's on the resume in front of you. And Notre Dame is undefeated. They deserve to be in. And they'll probably be exposed by Clemson. What's the line? 11 and a half, 12? 11 and a half. 11, I mean. I think Clemson wins that game very, very easily. Yeah, what do you think the lines, like, money-wise? Like, right, right, so you talk about we bet these games early in the week and the lines change. Sometimes they change in our favor. Sometimes they change, you know, not in our favor. Where do you think these games are not for another month? Yeah. Right? Where do you think this line is a month from now? I think it think gets up 14? to 14. You think it moves that many points? I think so. Clemson is great. I was listening to something this morning, too, about how Notre Dame has to attack this team, and it's basically this one-shot deal. And if they're already talking about strategy and this and that, obviously Clemson and Dabo is well aware. Um, I'm not interested in this game at all, to be honest. And I am 100% interested in the late game because this is what I wanted. You know, uh, Notre Dame, I wanted to hold off my hate for Notre Dame until later, but I'll just do it right now. Uh, obviously, I'm a USC fan, but this is the objective part of this happening. Join a conference. It's embarrassing right now, especially this year. Georgia ran through the SEC East. They were awesome. They played number seven and then number 11 and then number 15. And what's their reward for winning that? You have to play the number one team in the country, one of the best college football teams of all time, uh, putting up, you know, winning by an average of 20 points at least in every single game this season except for the last one. You know the last time that happened? 1800s. That was a long time ago. So this team is historically in the conversation. Uh and Georgia got screwed because of that. And that's fine. I can, I can make a case for every one of these four teams that got, or three that got left out, one that, and Oklahoma in, and a case for, against them. But if you put Notre Dame in there and they win the ACC East or whatever it's called, and they have to play Clemson, all of a sudden this, gets, this conversation gets a lot more interesting. You know, uh, They get to sit home and do nothing, which it's, it's not fair. It's again. This is well, objectively it's not nothing. They they played a schedule and they won other games. Look, I'm not going to sit they here. And be, I'm not going to sit here and become you know Johnny Homer Notre Dame guy. I watched Garth Brooks do like you know perform in Notre Dame Stadium last night. That's about like the the most I'll ever root for Notre Dame, which was great. But here's the point: they won all their fucking games. They did. So every day. But so did UCF. I, and when I wake up today and I hear fucking 99 out of 100 talking head guy, just like Notre Dame sucks. Notre Dame sucks. Wayne doesn't even say hi before he says Christmas sucks. He says Notre Dame sucks. We get it. But at the end of the day, they won all their freaking games. They are undefeated. It's not their fault that USC ended up sucking. It's not their fault that Stanford ended up sucking. They played one team that was in the top five, and they beat them, Michigan. So all you can do, I agree, in a perfect world, it would be great to see them in the ACC. It would be great to see them somewhere else. But they're Notre Dame. They have their own network. NBC gives them a lot of money. Why in God's name would they change anything no they're not gonna do it. are you kidding exactly. me exactly they found a little loophole and they're not gonna change anything about love that. you wayne i'm just saying <laughs> you know i mean they won all their games i it's, think it's just it's a little weird that people are jumping on this notre dame thing 
Like, they don't deserve to be there. They won all their fucking games. Yeah, but, okay, so then I'm going to throw this argument. UCF won all their games, it, too. Okay, th- and that's fair. And I, I think <laughs> there's an argument to be made. I mean, two years in a row, I, I, they would get destroyed. I think the line, yeah. they're playing LSU, I believe. The line's like eight. I'm absolutely yeah. betting LSU. LSU's going to destroy uh, them. going to manhandle them. And I think Notre Dame is going to get manhandled. But uh, over the course of, of college football, Notre Dame is a top Mount Rushmore has storied program. If they win all their games, they're always getting into whatever playoff oh, they're, they're, there is. I'm not going to argue just, with yeah. that. That's the way it is. It's just I feel like something needs to be changed. All the other teams are a little – I have to be a little furious right now, especially Georgia. And they, and it's not sour grapes for getting left out. It's Why just is Georgia the situation. pissed off today? Because they, they, they were at one loss. And for being so good, what's their prize? They have to play Alabama. Yeah. So now they got two losses. Okay, you're telling me if you, you take can't Ohio, lose LSU, if you, you telling me that uh, yeah, but you can't lose to Texas then in overtime by a field goal. You yeah. can't lose to uh, Purdue by 29. Are you telling me that if Oklahoma or Ohio State was in Georgia's situation, they wouldn't have two losses? Also, they'd uh, have their I'm one, not, and then they'd lose. Uh, to they'd Bama. probably have more losses. But is your argument that life isn't fair? Is that your argument? No, I mean right that's now? the thing. I mean that's. I mean you know, I've got news for you. If life isn't fair. Hey, if you're Georgia right now, you could say, you know what? Hey, we're out of the SEC. We're going to the ACC, where we're going to play Pitt and Syracuse and roll. The, where we don't have to play LSU and Bama and Kentucky, which is where they were saying Kentucky, even though they're tenth in the country right now. Uh, and we're going to go to the ACC and we're going to roll through everybody. And then yeah, we're going to be undefeated at the end of the year, but we're going to have a tough game against Clemson. If we win that, we're going to be seated first or second. Pretty yeah, crazy. It is. And, and we're kind of turning, you know, nothing into something because uh, I think you well, agreed, you did. agreed with me at the start of the show where, like, this was literally the easiest job the committee has ever had. This was very easy. I, yeah. I absolutely agree with you. And I love the chaos. I love the bedlam. I wanted Georgia to win that game against Bama until I realized I don't want them to win this game. It'll be fun for that night and up until that next morning at 920 when they announce, the, you know, the top four. But this will ruin what I want. I want that Oklahoma-Ohio State game. I want time for everybody to get healthy. I want, uh, I want Hollywood to get healthy. I want Tua to be healthy. This is going to be Heisman 1, Heisman runner-up, going at each other. Two of the best quarterbacks we've seen in college football for a little bit. This kid, uh, Kyler Murray, has like three more touchdowns than Baker Mayfield had last year in one less game. And Baker won pretty easily the Heisman last year. I think it'd be pretty awesome to go back-to-back. I don't know if Tua getting hurt and not putting up crazy numbers the other day put Kyler into it, but, I mean, Tua's the favorite. Where do you see – all right, so you're going to put these stats up, right, which is totally fair. Kyler Murray having a a ridiculous year putting up, like, pinball machine numbers, but, like, then you can go to Tua. Well, Tua didn't play the fourth quarter for most of these games. Let's say say Tua's defense sucks so bad that he had to score 60 points for them to win games, which is what Kyler Murray has to do. Yeah. Rewind to Baker. I don't know what their schedule was last year, but I'm guessing they blew a lot of people Similar. out because their defense was a little bit better. So while I'm not taking away from Kyler Murray, he's also the beneficiary of an egregious oh, defense absolutely. that he needs to put 65 up yeah. to win every game. I saw a ridiculous stat today that people were going nuts about. Uh, it was the first time on Saturday that Alabama had to overcome a 14-point deficit under Nick Saban. And I said, this isn't an interesting stat. When have they ever been down by 14? It's not like they go down by 14 and lose, and they're 0-7-1 and when they you know, lose 7 or down 14. It's never happened under Saban. He's, they're always ahead. Um, so real quick, I wanted to throw this out there. Some Westgate out in Vegas put together some hypothetical lines for some of these teams because I said before Georgia was even in the conversation, I said I want to see Ohio State and Oklahoma play a play-in game next week. 
winner gets to play Alabama, the first seed. Right. Uh, if Georgia would have played Oklahoma, Georgia would have been three-and-a-half-point favorites. If Georgia would have played Ohio State, Georgia would have been four-and-a-half-point favorites. Oklahoma, Ohio State, Oklahoma's two-and-a-half-point favorites. I like how the Westgate's putting out hypothetical lines for stuff that we want to know right now. Because I would have loved to have seen Ohio State play Oklahoma as a play-in. If you want to go five teams, that would have been great. People on the message board are saying play six, play eight. I used to be all four eight games until this year for some reason. Because if that goes to eight games, then that excitement for that SEC championship game yeah. is non-existent. True. Both teams know they're getting in. Both teams know that. Which was kind of my, uh, which I kind of like. Which is I still lean towards the four. I can get the six team thing a little bit, but I just lean towards the regular season matters. Games matter. Every everybody, matter. everybody is in control of their own destiny in college football. If you win all the games on your schedule, you're almost guaranteed to get in. Yeah, you could probably tell me there's a situation where six teams go undefeated for major conferences. I don't know, but for the most part, yeah, just win your games. So it's hard to wake up today and and bitch about anything. Look. Does it matter? I guess the argument would be this. So Oklahoma gets in, right, because the Purdue loss sucked, but the Purdue loss happened after Oklahoma had already lost to Texas. So where you lose in the season is where you fall in the rankings. Oh, of course. Which, you know, I, I you know, again, Purdue sucks. Texas is good. Both losses. And they avenged Oklahoma, that loss. Yeah, that, totally. that, that's a big one. They ended up winning that game. They lost on a last-second field goal, I believe, in overtime. Yes. That game was phenomenal. I think Jeff Kurtz was at that game. Uh, well, those those Vegas hypothetical lines that you were talking about are great because at the end of the day, if you hold Vegas up to the esteem that you and I do, which is just the end-all, be-all, argument ender, mm -hmm. Vegas tells you all you need to know. If they make these yeah. hypothetical lines up, that's pretty much what was going to happen anyway. Uh, I'm glad that's the way I get, you know, I don't know how many times I've said that last week and what I was hoping for and how many times I'm going to say it this week. I, I, I'm glad. I don't... I don't. I can make a case for Georgia. Yes. Are they one of the four best teams? Yeah, probably. You know, uh, Ohio State. I'm not. I'm not sold. You you lose to Purdue by 29. That's it. And you're a team like Ohio State. That's it. Even if it's early on in the season. I mean, I I'm just glad this worked out like that. Are they the four best teams? I don't know. Would I like to be able to you know mix and match? Yeah. I want to see Georgia play Oklahoma State. You know. Yeah. That's the way it is. People get pissed. Is it the four best teams? Is it? You know, is it the four? Uh, it's it's so tough. It's so tough to say. Um, well, it kind of handicaps our conversation today, right? So usually you come in the day that this shit is announced or the next day, and we have an hour just on debating resumes and this team should. You don't really have that today, right? So right. what's the story? What's the college football story? This is probably not great for college football because debate is everything for sports. Debate is what gets people going. But like you said, even though this is an easy conversation, the debate was spectacular. It was fantastic. What more could you ask for? I like I said this morning. I could make a case for every team, and I could mm -hmm. make a case against every team. You know, um, the one thing I do want to make a case against is you know who's the chair of the college football playoff? Who's that? The athletic director for your Oregon Ducks. Okay, okay. I know like Pat Hayden, the USCAD used to be on this. I just think this is such a, a sensitive, super super duper subjective conversation you can't have any of these influences you can't have the ad of a pac-12 school who is probably going to be in contention next year for one of these four spots you can't have them on this committee yeah the committee part's funny they, they i saw a picture of all the committee together like in some like old house in the woods you know yeah. watching games together it just sounds like a reason for like a getaway 
on the you know the 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 college uh, tuition money that they're or TV money that they're using. It's a weird system. It's like the Illuminati is sitting there in the woods with mm-hmm. Condoleezza Rice. She's out, to, luckily. Trying to figure out who's going to get in. I just, I, I don't get it. And I believe, and I'm, I might, I, I, I'm not, might be wrong. I know the stat's correct. With the exception of Notre Dame this year, I think it's the fourth year they've done it. Only twice, once last year and once the year before, I believe Ohio State and Bama did a team get in without winning their conference championship. So this is in its fourth year. We're starting to really get a sense of what's important to this committee. Winning your conference championship is very important. You know, Ohio State won it this year. They beat Northwestern. Not a big deal. I was excited for that game. I thought they were going to hang 100 on them, you know. Uh, But winning your conference championship, very important. Joel Klatt had an interesting take this morning. He said, we're not talking about these these couple teams that are in or out based on their best moments of the year. Mm -hmm. We're talking about them based on their floor, not their ceiling. Georgia lost to the number one team in the country. And they were... All of a sudden, they got bumped up like crazy. Kirby Smart probably said to his team before that game, guys, simple, win and we're in, lose and we're out. And guess what? The reason why they're fired up today is because they lost, but the media took this and ran and said, whoa, 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 it's not about Oklahoma and Ohio State. Georgia looks amazing. You know what? They have almost worse than losing to, uh, to Purdue by 29. They were going for a fake on 4th and 11? On the 50? What on earth was that? With the defense in a defensive formation. Yeah. They weren't in a punt block or punt return. The linebackers were up. They knew this was coming. Why on earth did they not A, audible, B, why didn't Smart call a timeout? That I mean, that cost them potentially winning that game, taking down Alabama. Yeah, I mean, you know, you listen to the show. I, I am always pro uh, be creative, pro go for it, pro... You know all that stuff. That being said, that was rough. That Not was a there. rough call. Can't do that then they there. sneak the backup quarterback on there. You know, as the the punt blocker, yeah. it's like, wait, I, you know, Something's they assume off. everybody's not watching this. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna go for it, I, I honestly like. Look, if they went for it on fourth and eight, there, I, I'm a, I'm weirdly okay with it. If yeah, you yeah. actually run an offensive football play. Yeah. Right. It, it was just it was just a very odd choice of things to do. That's why if you wake up today, look. We see it across all sports. We talked about it with Ohio State, uh, Michigan last week. Some teams just can't beat other teams. Right. It just doesn't matter. Right. So if you're a Georgia fan, you just like you're used to this. You're used to losing Alabama. Even though you know watching that game, we were moving the ball at will. Jake Fromm was phenomenal. Like yeah. we were fast. The defense was fast. We knocked two out. I was dropping passes. You get two out in the first quarter. It was, yeah, I mean, everything was set up for them, but at the end of the day, winning is a skill. Winning is absolutely a skill, which was my whole point about Ohio State last week and the week before was, look, they're not blowing people out, but they're winning games. Winning games is is tough to do down in the last stretch of the few minutes of a game between the players and the shitty coaching that we see all the time and the bad decision-making. Winning games is a skill. So kudos to Saban and those guys. 14 for, uh, points in the fourth quarter. Held Georgia to nothing to win that game. How about Hurts, though? That's almost a Disney movie. Oh, uh, dude, that's perfect. That's yeah. perfect. If you weren't rooting for Hurts in that situation, you're probably the worst human being I know. He could have transferred many five times before the new law came in or the new rule. Can't transfer after the fifth week. He stayed. Somehow Saban got him to stay. And it was because every once in a while he'd throw him in in some kind of, like, we'll call it a wildcat formation. 
This kid took his team to the national championship last year. They yanked him in the national championship game at halftime and basically said, you're not good enough to get us this ring. They put Tua in for a half. Tua wins the game next season, this season, is the Heisman favorite before the season starts. I mean, it's it's you can't get a better move. You can't get a better movie than this. Jalen comes in and it's just phenomenal. Tua was like two for ten for thirty eight yards or something. He just looked off. Yeah, it was. I mean, but again, it's like a it's a kudos to Saban for getting these guys to stay in a in an era of you know you got the the kid from uh, from Clemson Kelly. Remember his name? What was that kid's name? Kelly Bryant. Mm-hmm. Kelly Bryant gets usurped. He has to leave. Everybody just kind of leaves, right? Oh yeah. Even the guy that Jake Fromm took took his job at Georgia, he left. Yeah. And and the fact that Saban's a lot like is able to keep these guys not only staying but dialed into what they're trying to do. I mean, like her. I don't know. That's just a great story. It's, it's a really cool sports story, and I, and you see two are rooting for him. Oh, they're like really they're best nice, buds, which yeah. is great. That's awesome. They know they're both going pro. They're both going to be just fine. Is he though? You think Hurts is going to be in the NFL? He's going to get. Of course, he's going to get drafted. Without question. It's a similar story on totally on opposite ends of the spectrum uh, with USC. Same thing. They had three potential quarterbacks this year, a freshman, a sophomore, and a junior. You know, redshirt junior. Uh, the freshman got the job, and the other two guys didn't go anywhere. Those guys could be starting anywhere, you know, and they stayed, which is interesting. So, um, Go ahead. Quick gambling numbers right now. Both games opened up uh, double digits. Obviously, we talked Bama 14, Clemson 11.5. Only two previous college football games have had double-digit lines. Alabama covered both of them pretty easily, if I remember correctly. 10-point favorites over Michigan State in 15, 13 against Washington in 16, both in the semifinals. So if history has anything to do with it, Bama's going to cover 14. I don't know, man. It's tough. Bam, right now, Bama's what minus two twenty-five to win it all. Clemson's three to one. Oklahoma ten to one. Notre Dame twelve to one. Well, right? that was going to be my next question for you, being the gambling savant that you are. Okay. Yeah. Minus two. What did I say? Well, I put it up on our Instagram the other day. Minus two thirty or minus two fifty to win the championship. Yeah, I'm looking at two twenty-five. But yeah, it's somewhere okay, in that ballpark. Thing. Yeah. As of right now, and these are all the metrics that are flooding our our days now and getting in the way of our eye test and our feel and all that stuff. They have a 43% chance to win the national title against four other teams, obviously, taking a piece of that 100% pie. Is minus 225 good value at 43%, or do you need more than that? Well, I mean, all the gambling stuff I was reading today was just saying that, like, if you bet Alabama, it's very hard to win money on Alabama to win the national title because you're getting such shitty odds. Yes, yeah. All right, and, and Clemson has looked good. Like I said, I got Bama at minus 125, like week four, week five, which I, I think is fantastic odds. But once you get yeah. into that, like, two and a half, three to one range, look, I, I've i seen Alabama a lot more than I've seen Clemson. Uh, the ACC sucks, Yeah. right? They beat up on a lot of bad teams. You can make the same argument for Notre Dame, beat up on bad teams. Uh, Notre Dame might have actually played a better schedule than Clemson, for being honest. Obama? No, than Clemson. Oh. Notre Dame might have played a better schedule oh, than yeah, Clemson yeah, yeah. at the end of the oh, day. Of if people want to talk about schedules, let's talk about Clemson's schedule. Yeah. I mean, there's awful teams on that schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, but just gut, my gut tells me that Clemson can win that game three out of ten times. You know? I'm looking at their schedule right now. What do you got? I mean, Notre Dame's schedule, let, uh, not to go back to Notre Dame and, like, I'm defending Notre Dame, but, like, look, uh, you beat Michigan. St- you beat Stanford when they were top ten in the country. Yeah. Virginia Tech. At Virginia Tech, 
name one time in your life. Like, that's not a tough place to go play football. You know, when, not, you know you, when it's not a tough place to play? This, this year. year. They exactly. lost this mystique But, again, year. that's not their fault, right? right? So then, you know, Pitt made it to an ACC championship yeah. game. All right? They beat Pitt in a very close game. Northwestern made it to a conference championship game. They beat them. Syracuse, top 15 in the country. Florida State, look, it's not their fault. Florida State was a top five team start of the year. Yeah. Like, their schedule is not, like, that right. bad. Yeah. It's not great. But it's USC, not as, are you kidding me? And then you, there you go. I'd even bring USC up. And again, like USC is supposed to be really good. Right. Who's looking Clemson at, got? Looking at Clemson. They opened up with Furman. You know where Furman is? <laughs> South Carolina. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> then they went to A&M. I, I like that. Yep. Those, those weird out-of-conference matchups early in the season, not at a neutral field like Saban does. Then they play Georgia Southern at Georgia Tech, Syracuse at Wake, 16th NC State. At Florida State, Louisville, BC, Duke, South, just like a, eh, all right. Like that schedule is like exponentially worse than Notre Dame's schedule. Yeah. So all these, all these hate these Notre Dame haters out here, which I am a card carrying member of. Today is not the day to be ripping Notre Dame for their schedule when Clemson has played a way worse schedule than Notre Dame has. Yeah. It's. I mean, I don't see how anybody could disagree with what you're saying about Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame goes undefeated. Even maybe with one loss, they get in. Period. End of story. You can't argue that. Yeah. Uh, it's just I feel like something needs to change a little bit because that X factor always kind of throws everything for a little bit of a loop. You know? Uh, I don't know. I do. You, do you do any in-game any like live betting? Yeah. You're a live better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it because you get a feel for the game. If you know it, I don't want to say know what you're doing. But I, I, I do it a lot, uh, tennis, if I'm watching a tennis match ever. You and I play a ton of tennis. We can get a feel of that momentum shift. We know the signs. We could see stuff happening to mm-hmm. know when you're going to get good value. When the team is still, you know, plus money, and you say, oh, no, 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 something just, something just happened. Like one, one of the cash cows in the NBA playoffs last year was the, uh, the Warriors, just in the playoffs in general. They always played shitty in the first quarter, but mm-hmm. against the Rockets. They fell behind, like, every game. Yeah. And you'd live bet them, and they'd come back. Uh, the Georgia Alabama game was like a prime example yeah. of the perfect kind of game to see how it's going, and then bet it. And I read something that said like fifty for over half of the money wagered on that game was wagered in game, was live, not before the game. Yeah, and Vegas got absolutely destroyed. Of course, because the minute you see Alabama down fourteen with like a substantial amount of time left, yeah, you're jumping on that. Absolutely, it makes sense if you're watching a game where let's say let's say the Rams just to use an example are playing the 49ers. And let's say, for and these, are, these aren't the best examples. These are hypothetical. 49ers are up at halftime. Everyone's inclination, I feel like, or everyone we deal with anyway, is to look, oh, I'm taking minus 10 Rams, second half. They got, they got to turn it around. They got to turn it around. Well, take a look at Sam Fran plus 10. They're doing something right. Mm-hmm. And if they can make some little adjustments, and again, those are, those are two hypothetical examples, but a lot of people don't like to look at that plus money in that second half. They just assume the good team's going to right the ship. Obviously, in, in this case, for you, they did. But gambling sucks. I mean, you talked a little while about I think you the, have a, the Vegas numbers yeah, with the overs and the unders. Beginning of the season, everybody, dude, you got to bet the overs. These new rule changes, the, guess what? You know what, dude? Vegas knows this. You're not telling me a secret. Vegas knew this well before you did. And it, it looked like that was working at first. I saw the numbers halfway through. They were dead even. They were off by, like, one game, Okay. I checked in on the games yesterday on the red zone, and I took a quick look at the scoreboard. I said, holy shit, every game's going under right now. 10 out of 15 went under. Crazy. 
College football what this year. What were the numbers you told me before? Well, college football this year, right? Yeah. So there's one game left in the regular season, Army-Navy. Going into that game, there have been 418 overs, 413 unders, and 10 pushes. That's so how that's good that. Vegas is. Yeah. I mean, that's just absurd that they're like able to nail almost 1,000 games or almost 900 games. Yeah. Dead even 50-50. There's no secret. Uh, what did I say? Well, there's no secret sauce to this whole thing. There's no formula. We can all try and think, and I'm guilty of it too. I think, oh, I know how these over unders are going to be calculated. But is there a there is a formula though? And I think we're all just stupid enough to see it, right? We knew that there'd be more offense in the NFL this year. Everybody did with the rule changes. We talked about it. Yeah. And if you do buy into, and it's not even buying into, it's just a stone cold fact that the numbers that will always regress back to the mean. Once the trend got too far, we should have just started betting every under. Go the other way. The last like five or six weeks. I mean, that's not like some. I don't need to go to like uh, Harvard Business School to know that. Right. But then, like, we still think we can outsmart things. But like, you have to you know, really have your finger on the pulse to do that. To know to say, okay, these are, and you have to have those numbers you just told me. You need to have those numbers by week three. Or something, you know, and you're well, not going to get those off of easy ESPN. To find, though. Those numbers, you, you can see how many overs and unders have hit. I mean, that's not a hard number to find, right? But uh, you know, on the internet, you can see that like I, overs those. are winning 63% of the time. But at what point do you think it's going to say we're going to let this go a little bit longer and suck them in a little bit? I, think I mean, you, Vegas is a puppet. Talk about a puppet master. I think if you see something that's like 60% and Vegas is involved, you immediately jump on it because it's just, oh, of course, the fact is it will regress back to the mean, it will regress back to 50 50. So then once you're like, you know, 60%, it's going to start coming back almost immediately. Oh, it, it might, it's not even going to get to that 60% window. No. It's going to stay in that, you know, 3 4 5% little little window right there because if it gets to 60, someone's making a ton of money. It's probably not Vegas. Yeah, you know, just, those sharps it, out there know what they're doing. It's just fascinating, man. Then looking at all like the conference champions that won like their odds to win their conference at the start of the year. Yeah. Pretty much every one of them was even money or you were laying money at the mm -hmm. start of the year, like the Clemsons. Ohio, Ohio State was six to five. Oklahoma was six to five. Fresno State was five to one. And that was the biggest. No, sorry. UAB, eight to one. Conference USA and Mountain oh, West. Wow. And who the hell knows what those conferences are? Right. So, like, that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. But the rest of those, man, they're just, just bet the favorite. Like, literally just bet the favorite every year. I'm looking at this right here. What, one, two, three, four, ten conferences. The favorite won eight of them. I feel like that's that right? without going back and that's looking. That's a great number. That's, that's fantastic. That's probably the norm. Yeah. Like, they just they just know. Well, I remember when we were in the old studio during the election two years ago, the Trump-Clinton election, uh, we were doing a show that night. And, you know, I, 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 we don't care about politics. We've made that pretty clear on the show. But obviously that night we're glued to the tv especially with something as polarizing as as this election and i remember watching and they were talking on cnn or whatever about how this swing state this and that and then i was following the live odds from vegas and then boom just like that they just swung to trump minus like 700 before ohio before pennsylvania yeah, before, before Florida, cnn was reporting it or any of, of this stuff. Yep. and i said i think i said on the show this is back when morgan was with us I said, guys, this election's over. Trump's going to be our next president. Vegas knows, baby. Vegas. That's it. They just, it's insane how good they are. And I got news for you. If you're betting the last college game of the year, the line is seven. Army's a seven-point favorite. Army has covered the spread in the last 20 meetings. Army's covered 10 times. Navy's covered 10 times. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's just man, it's unbelievable. And you're gonna think we're gonna try it out tomorrow and say, oh, if that hook goes up to seven and a half, I'm taking navy. If it goes down to six and a half, guess what? That's not gonna make a lick of difference. Unbelievable. It's gonna be fun. Rook, we'll, we'll we'll wrap up some college football, get into this NFL here in a minute. But real quick, you're uh, you've been waiting for this Oklahoma. Uh, Alabama game. I don't think the over unders come out yet. Yeah. What do you think it will be? They have. Uh, it was seventy nine. Oh, it is come out seventy nine. Seventy nine, and then fifty five in the Notre Dame Clemson game. Seventy nine. I'm inclined to go under in that Notre Dame game. I don't know what to think of this Oklahoma Bama situation. I have to. I have to study this a little more. I haven't put a bet in yet. There was only one game that I put a bet in for the second I saw it, uh, and Notre that Dame, was USC. <laughs> nah. Well, yeah, no, I'm talking for the Bulls. That's the Rose Bowl. Ohio State minus four and a half against Washington. They they should win that game by 20, 25 points. All right, but well, there you go. That that's a great segue into. We'll talk a little more college. Is the Dwayne Haskins thing, right? So you're yeah. going to jump in. You're going to make these bets early on these college football games. That was one. That was one. That's but what I'm people saying, yeah. are going to do that. They're going right. to see these lines, and then in a week we're going to see guys sitting out. Yeah. Dwayne Haskins is going to say, "Hey, I'm a top seven, top eight pick. I'm set for life." Yeah, why do I why do I want to go play in the Rose Bowl? Yeah, which is which will then rage the debate. Where do you fall on that? Do you think these guys should play, shouldn't play? Do you think it's a case by case thing? Well, that's a great question, and that and it's perfect timing to talk about that getting into bowl season. First, I want to kind of give Southern California a little bit of shit right now. Calm down with the Rose Bowl. Nobody gives a shit. Okay, UCLA, you're you're pitching these kids to come play for you because they get to play at the Rose Bowl. For those of you guys who aren't from here. The Rose Bowl is nowhere near UCLA's campus. It's nowhere near USC's campus. It's nowhere near the beach. To get to the Rose Bowl yeah. is the biggest pain in the ass you could possibly do. There's one road in and out. You're hanging out on a golf course in Pasadena, okay? In the beginning of night, well, not in the beginning, like March, April, May of next year, the Stones are coming out here. Rolling Stones. They just announced their tour. Guess where they're playing? The Rose Bowl. I'm going to have an easier time flying back to New York and seeing that in Giant Stadium, which is now MetLife Stadium, I still call it Giant Stadium, than to go to the Rose Bowl from my house. So everyone calm down with the Rose Bowl. When If a player comes out this year, Rose it's just, I don't give a shit about the Rose Bowl. pretty spectacular, though. Once you navigate all the bullshit that you just said, which is 100% stadium, true. Uh, you know, it's I, an I old know, maybe football I, stadium. I get a little of the aesthetics a little bit more than you do. Uh, I like the mountains in the background. I've played that golf course. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I agree with you 100%. Like, going to the Rose Bowl is awful. Awful. It's an old stadium. It's yeah. like the Coliseum. Great. It's the Coliseum. You know what? It's old as fuck. It's awful. But seeing that on TV, man, every year, New Year's Day. Oh, dude. Did that make you want to move to California? Isn't that why you're here? That's, the only, that's why I did. I thought I was going to be the quarterback for UCLA. Didn't work out. I get to play there every week. Not a bad living. Um, so do you think so these guys should play or not play? Well, what's your take on this stuff? You bring up a great point. Um. Yes, they should play. They should absolutely play. It's sorry. Well, this takes you back to the whole debate: Are they getting paid or not? All that stuff. If I, I'm trying to put an example into this, if we're a doubles team playing tennis and we got the finals coming up, but because we're doing or I'm playing so well, I know this isn't the way tennis works, that I get to go play, you know, in Florida in some national championship, and I tell you, hey, dude, I'm going to skip this match. I don't want to get hurt. You'd be like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? They've come this far. Maybe the Rose Bowl is not a big deal to Dwayne Haskins. Guess what? It's a big deal to the tight end or the backup middle linebacker. You know, it's a big deal to a lot of these kids because a lot of these kids aren't going pro. Mm -hmm. 
But I feel like they would also understand, okay, you're a top, you know, top seven pick. You're projected to go, if the Giants would lose a game or two, then they could bump up a little bit. Dwayne Haskins, great fit there. Keep Eli for one more year, show him Dwayne Haskins, and then all of a sudden you have a totally different offense. Dwayne Haskins, Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham Jr. That's, that's phenomenal. But these guys have to understand, like, if that's his choice, yeah, you got to do that, man. Because if you blow out your knee, if you get hurt, holy shit. He's got to come out, first of all. He hasn't even talked about that. He absolutely has to. Don't come back. Saquon Barkley and then Bryce Love. Bryce Love would have gone top 10 last year because of all the Saquon Barkley hype. And the media could have even spun it. Who do you take? Bryce Love, Saquon Barkley. Clearly the pick was Saquon, but Bryce Love came back, had the worst year by far of his career. They're not even talking about him. He's going to be end of the first round. He just wasted a top 10 pick. So... I, I'm okay with this. It sucks, but I'm okay with that. You? Uh, it's just one of those that I hate being wishy-washy. I hate listening to people straddle the fence and take both sides. It's like, just pick a fucking side and defend it. This is one of those things where I really do see both sides of it. It's really tough for me to tell somebody to do something that might affect their long-term financial security for them, not only them, but their family, their loved ones. But then there's part of it. It's just like, I, I don't like when people use the phrase meaningless game. Well, that well, everything is kind of meaningless at the end of the day. Like, what what really matters? Like, teams win and lose Super Bowls, and life goes on. So everything is kind of meaningless. This is some like deep existential. <laughs> that's bullshit. Right, that's what we're getting this into. This is like existential sports conversation. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's a tough one. If you're healthy, it, there's that. Like, so we did that Hunter Green kid. The Hunter Green was the number one pick in the draft by the Reds a couple years ago. Sat out his entire senior year. Hunter's my guy, right? If he's my guy, I grew up with him. We played baseball. We had a chance to win a state championship together. I'd be kind of pissed at him. It means a lot to you. I'd be like, we've been playing baseball together since we were, you know, in in peewee leagues. Talking about winning state Talking titles. Talking about winning state And now you're going to sit out? Like, we've been friends since we were eight. Yeah. So, like, I, I, yeah, it's, man, it's just such a tough spot. The talking heads are going to have a field day with this, of which we are. Which we are. Kind of among that, but. But it, these kids got to get it. It sucks, yeah. But. The, the backup middle linebacker has got to be like, yeah, this is my big moment. I get to go, you know, hang out in SoCal. And, you know, the, for some reason, they're always hanging out at the promenade in Santa Monica. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea why. But this is a big moment for that. For, for 95% of this team, this is a huge thing. And that 5%, that, that 95% has to get it. They, you know, they have to get it. Um, and for people to think that, like, a one-off, people always, well, they got enough tape on these guys. They've seen these guys. If, if nobody's ever going to convince me that a one-off doesn't affect scouts, you know, thoughts about somebody, how many times have we watched the NCAA tournament and see a guy get hot in basketball? And oh, it's stock Every year. Talk to Grayson Allen every after year. his freshman year where, like, he barely got any runs, scores like 16, 18 in the final. Dude, people people are like, Steph oh, he's a, he's a top 15 pick. So, like, these games – do kind of matter. Like, if you play well, you're not going to convince me that if Dwayne Haskins throws for 420 and right. five touchdowns, NFL execs aren't going to, like, look at him a little bit better because they will. So I, I think the games do matter. There's nothing meaningless about any of them. Yeah, I agree. I get it. Dwayne Haskins is probably a top 10, top 15 pick anyway. Absolutely. Regardless. But, it, yeah, it's tough. I, I don't know. I'd be curious to say what, what uh, now, people on the board think. What about this? You're you're the number one ranked quarterback coming out of college. Yeah. Okay, You're let's say you're Dwayne Haskins. All of a sudden, the combine comes around. I'm more of a Jeff George type, let's be honest. <laughs> I'm a gunslinger. The Mike. combine comes around, and you say, I'm not, I'm not going to throw. 
people give you shit. Guess what? You just saw me throw 432 times in game situation. What the, what the hell does it matter if I show you an out route with nobody guarding me, not wearing pads, with a bunch of old guys and clipboards? I, I'm, I'm a totally okay with people saying F you to the combine. Oh, yeah, F this the is combine. The NFL, F- this is the NFL just say, oh, what else can we get these people to buy into? What about the pro day? Let's not even talk about no, the that's even worse. combine. I've gone off Let's on talk the pro about day a before. pro day. It's the dumbest I, thing in sports. I get to go out in some shorts and throw to people like without pads on that aren't even being guarded. Right. Oh, he completed 31 of 32 passes today yeah. with no defense yeah. Guess in what? a bubble. <laughs> Guess what? So did me and Mike in between tennis and basketball. We threw the football around. We didn't drop it once. Uh, how about Unreal. this? I think football takes itself a little bit too seriously. <laughs> that's, that's what I've just come to. Football just takes itself way too seriously. But, hey, they're doing it right, man. I was glued to the TV all week. You know, it's yeah, they're but doing like, something right. Sixty-five things happen between college and NFL every week that make me think, God, football's so fucking stupid. Like they don't even know how to govern themselves. I know they got guys beating women up midway through the season, like from eight months ago. How is this video not to go into Kareem Hunt right now? But how does this video stay hidden for eight months? The guy beat up a girl. Yeah, are you serious? And then it comes out they had eight months to prepare for this, and then it comes out and they're like, uh. Oh, what do we do? We fucked up Ray Rice pretty bad, and then Tom Brady, uh, Tom Brady, uh, d- you know, deflated a couple balls. Big deal. Who gives a shit? Let's give him four games. What are you kidding me? I, I mean, we'll, we'll get to Hunt, I'm sure, at some point. Yeah, we'll there's get a lot there. of fantasy and gambling implications there. But the point is, football again just does stupid shit all the time, yeah. and we just keep we eat it and we keep coming back. Well, okay, so talking about guys sitting out, that brings up another point with this whole thing, which is why you have to tread very lightly when you're betting on these bowls is do these teams give a shit? I remember two years ago, three years ago, USC had some bad luck in the, at the end of a Pac-12 South season. They ended up playing in the Sun Bowl like a week before Christmas. <laughs> in El Paso? Is that they what it is? They didn't give a shit about yeah. that game. And they got smoked. And yeah. they were huge favorites. Uh, that's something you have to look out for right now. One thing that stands out in my mind, that game. Yeah. What do you got, USA? No, I'm saying that, I, I'm loving where you're going with this because that's an easy one. Like a bunch of SoCal preppy entitled private school kids being forced to go to like a fourth tier. Thought they bowl should be playing in the Rose Bowl in El Paso. And yeah. I got news for everybody out there: El Paso's cold as shit. <laughs> All was, right, it was freezing in cold December, in December. Like yeah. zero interest in zero. that game for sure. One of those games that jumps out to me is Washington State, Iowa State. Washington State had a sliver of a possibility of being considered in a top four capacity uh, right before the Pac-12 champion, or before the week before the Pac-12 championship game. It was this week in an awful game, ten to three. Washington beat Utah. Nobody's paying attention to the Pac-12. Anyway, long story short, they had a one point eight percent chance of making that Final Four. Had they beat Washington and then beat Utah. They would have been a one-loss team. Granted, it would have been to a field goal by USC. But Washington was very close to being undefeated Pac-12 championship and not given any respect in the Final Four. Not going to say that's a big deal or not. That's a whole other thing, and that's now hypothetical because it didn't happen. But Washington State also was a a couple plays away from going to the Rose Bowl. So, you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites over Iowa State. In the Alamo Dome, in the Alamo Bowl, they don't give a shit because this is such a downgrade for this team that they are not going to put in any effort. They got shitty luck against Washington by playing in an absolute blizzard that they lost that game, didn't play in the back to the They don't give a shit about this game. Look to bet Iowa State in this game. 
Okay. I, I don't have a take either way on that. But that's uh, just, for that's that just particular one example. I, I like what you're saying. You made a very strong case for it. Alamo Bowl and Holiday Bowl, traditionally, like, the two offensive. Mm-hmm. If you look back in the history, they'd always take, like, the no defensive off- offensive teams. Holiday Bowl sucks this year. Northwestern Utah. Yeah. Like, Northwestern can't even get to, like, 25 Those are two, against anybody. Uh, but that's actually a somewhat of a big two mid-range. I know they both played in their conference championship, losing both of them. It's all right. Pac-12, Big Ten, two, two conferences that are definitely down. Um, another example that just jumps out real quick, West Virginia. They are not happy to be playing in the Camping World Bowl against Syracuse. Sure, Syracuse is ranked 20th. West Virginia, not happy to be there. Could be interesting. I got one. This will be my, my one lock. I like Florida getting six against Michigan in the Peach Bowl. Michigan yeah. has to be They're getting seven completely and a half deflated. Right? Yeah. Shea Patterson goes back, plays an SEC team, gets like PTSD, remembering when he used to get his head pounded in when he played at Ole Miss. I, I like Florida. I like Florida in that spot. Michigan's got to be so deflated and sad and upset after that Ohio State game. And that's a lot of time off Yeah, for them to think about that game. So I, I think I'm on Florida right there. Worst loss ever for that. It was just you. they played their whole season for that. Mm-hmm. Tough bookends to that season. You play Notre Dame first week, and then you get smoked by Ohio State. And but, obviously LSU. I think we're both like just going to bet against Central Florida as much as absolutely. possible. Absolutely. And I feel like – this is kind of that thing how you know everybody piles against Notre Dame. This is going to be that thing where every one of these teams is going to quietly have LSU's back and say, guys, just and everyone from the Power Five, I'm saying, uh, is going to say, just just beat them by 40 and let's shut this up. So if this happens again next year, we can keep them out of the top 10 and not say, oh, they're at number nine. So if Ohio State loses and Oklahoma falters and Georgia loses, then they're going to be in the top four. Just end this right now. Don't give me this Boise State TCU against Oklahoma bullshit where you got to whip out hook and ladders and Statue of Liberty plays and make it a game. Just LSU boat race them. That's like that. Um, but so we're giving we're not telling you what to do. We're giving you some advice. Look for those games where some of these teams don't give a shit. The Michigans they're not happy to be playing in the Peach Bowl against Florida. They had higher hopes than that. Uh, Washington State they don't care that they're at the Alamo Bowl. Gardner Minshew might because he might be going to New York as number three, and his draft stock is going to be affected somehow. But I got to go. West Virginia too. They don't give a shit. They're playing Syracuse. Look for games like that because that stuff's going to play out big time over the next three weeks. Is the Pinstripe Bowl in Yankee Stadium? Of course. Oh God, load up on Wisconsin, Miami kids, like in South Florida. Late December, mid-December, it's 85 degrees. They got to go to New York and play against Wisconsin, who loves the cold. Wisconsin kids always play hard, regardless of what it is. Yeah. Oh, I love Wisconsin in that game. And these are two teams that have, to say they've had disappointing seasons is an absolute understatement. When I was, I bookmarked a few articles today. I never bookmark anything about, you know, bowl stuff and all this. And one of the old bookmarks I had was from the summer. And it said the biggest concerns for every team in the top 25. So the top 25, or the top couple, Alabama 1, Clemson 2, Ohio State 3, Georgia 4. They weren't too far off on that, okay? Wisconsin was ranked 6th preseason. Miami ninth. So these two teams had national championship hopes or well, Miami least, for five minutes until they played LSU. Five minutes. Like that, yeah. that, that ended very quick. That turnover chain went from very cool to, <laughs> all right, guys, enough. Um, I still think Oregon State, cool, it's turnover chainsaw. Anyway, uh, these two teams just want to get this season over with behind them, move on, rebuild, because... Give me Wisconsin. Those kids care. 
Those kids care. Wisconsin They'll kids care are, more than the Miami kids. That's what I'm saying. Wisconsin kids in general are overlooked. They weren't recruited by Ohio State or Michigan. Like, you know, they're, they – or it was in Wisconsin. Hey, shout out to Wisconsin. Always parentally great. Always like a top 15, top 10 team. But Miami kids – chip on their shoulder. They think they should be playing for national titles. If they're not, they don't care. That might be my best bet, Wisconsin. Over your Miami Hurricanes. Miami Hurricanes. Bobby Hayden. I don't know what's going on on the message board right now. It's slowed down considerably. I don't know if we said something. Well, we offend that, people all the time. No, I mean something to uh, just shut us down a little bit. Mm. Anyway, I'm excited. Bowl season's fun. It's. I'm a little depressed that college football's ending. I love it. Uh, maybe the best out of everything because every week is a playoff. You got Michigan-Notre Dame playing week one. Guess what? That's going to have implications four months down the road when it's time for bowl season. I love it. Absolutely love it. Enjoy them. Um, and listen to what we say with a grain of salt. But I think we're really onto something with who's you know paying attention to it and who gives a shit who doesn't. I like that you brought up the Miami Wisco because that's a good one. They're college kids, man, at the end of the day. They're yeah. just little baby children. Uh, let's transition real quick. Let's talk to the, Let's talk about the men. Let's talk to. Let's talk about McCarthy first. Let's do Before it. We talk about this weekend's game. Some weird, weird stuff happened this weekend. Okay. Like our, our Colts. Our Colts getting blanked. You don't see that too often in the NFL. They're your Colts. It's uh, <laughs> that was an odd one. But uh, I guess we could still call it breaking news if you don't know yet. As of last night, Mike McCarthy out as the. Packers head coach. Interesting timing for this. We all kind of thought this was going to happen at the end of the season, but it happened now. They are out of everything. They lost to the Cardinals yesterday. I believe they were 11 point favorites. And McCarthy out. What do you think? 13 about and this? a half point favorites. 13 and a half. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, look, I've been ripping. We've all been. It doesn't, we're not geniuses here. Like, I test watching them play. You can tell there's a disconnect between McCarthy and. And Aaron Rodgers right now, something seems off. Mike McCarthy's made some pretty abysmal coaching choices, you know, to say the least. Not a great year for him, right? So I woke up today very much like, oh, Kerm Edwards, all these guys are just, like, sticking up for their guy. They're coaching fraternity. Like, McCarthy deserves to get fired. Then I came across a tweet by Troy Aikman, all right? I'm, not, I'm pretty agnostic towards Troy Aikman. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's bad. He's just Troy Aikman, right? Probably a little overrated as a quarterback. But this was a tweet he sent out. This is, uh, this is the case for uh, old Mike McCarthy. Two losing seasons in 12 years. One of those was last year without Rodgers for nine games. Took the Packers to the playoffs nine of the last 11 seasons. He's been to four NFC Championship games. Won a Super Bowl. That's a pretty fucking awesome coaching resume. Yeah. And I know it's professional sports, and what have you done for me lately? And it's all about the now. But, like, it's hard to sit here and sell me on Mike McCarthy being a terrible coach, knowing, like, how successful he's been. Are you telling me he's just gotten lucky for 12 years? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if somebody can get that lucky for that long. It, just wait till the end of the year. The year is over. Like, there's, it, we're, all, we're already three-quarters of the way there. Just let the fire the guy with dignity at the end of the year. I, I do think it was kind of shitty firing him now when the season's just over. That's the shocking part, I think, about this whole thing, especially when the person stepping in 
is Joe Philbin. Like, that's – we all remember him from Hard Knocks, if you even remember him. Uh, so he's not going to be taking over this job anytime soon. They're going to be in the coaching market. I don't know I, – I, I get everything you're saying, and you touched on what everyone's going to use as their argument, and I agree with this. Uh, they needed a refresher. What have you done for me lately? That's it. They, they have a very high standard up in Green Bay, and they're not winning right now. I, re- I respect you taking the other side, but even I can tell in your voice, you're very half-hearted about it. We're in agreement. Look, Mike McCarthy's done a shitty job. Why fire him now, though? Oh, no. That, 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 that's, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Unless they, they, they sat down and said, what's his name? The, uh, I have a tough time with the GM's name or the, the president's name. There's Mark Murphy, and then the GM's Brian Gutenust. <laughs> Gutenkust? I don't know. Unless they sat him down and they were like, listen, we, we know this isn't going to end well. Do you want to be out now with a little bit of severance? Finish out. We'll give you the rest of your contract, whatever, you know, for the rest of this year. And you get a jump on the next coaching job. Or do you want to do it at the end of the season and be grouped in with all that other stuff? Meanwhile, everyone's talking about Mike McCarthy right now. Cord, what you said, you can't argue that. You can't have 10. You know, he had a phenomenal resume. Phenomenal. He's going to be first in line for whether it's Giants, Jacksonville, Cleveland, uh, the Cardinals. I don't know who. He's going to be be able to do whatever the hell he wants. You can go live in Phoenix if you want, coach the Cardinals. It's a little bit better than living in Green Bay. I was in Green Bay a little while ago. Love Green Bay. Had a blast there for the weekend. But to have that be my primary residence, that'd be tough, man, in the winter. That's tough. They need a, they need a refresher. Uh, uh, I, and there's no disagreeing with that, but I'm just saying, he's not jumping a sinking ship. I don't think that's how it went down. I don't think they asked him if he wanted to leave, and he said yes. And, and, like, for the sports better, it's, like, sucks for us because McCarthy, while he was with Green Bay, was 123-91 and 91 against the spread. I mean, there you go. Number. That should endear him to every gambler it's in the world. Out of that 60% range. That's good. That's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. In 13 years against the spread. That's, uh, I don't know. It just seems weird. It seems like weird timing. It seems like there's more going on. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is the problem. The guy totally, like, nuked his whole family. Now he's nuking the Packers. Well, that, that's, uh, that's the story that's going to come out now. Now – Rodgers is happy, I'm sure, with this. No question about that, I don't think. I'm sure he's 100% behind it. I'm sure he probably gave the the owner, even though he just signed an extension, he gave the owner, or the, he's not the owner, the, the, you know, everybody owns that team. He gave the president and the GM an ultimatum. Said it's either him or me. Because you know where I see him playing next year? This might be a little long shot. I want to get on the record. Is this? He could be the Giants quarterback next year. Okay? That, that, that's not out of the equation. I haven't heard that yet. I haven't heard a rumor. I'm just throwing that out there right now. Okay. I could see him in Giants blue with Saquon and Odell. I, I wouldn't hate that. I hope Rob is still on the board. But um, It's an outlandish hypothetical, but hey, I any, like anything is possible like in sports. And he gave an ultimatum. I, you, you see the relationship between uh, Drew Brees and Sean Payton. And I remember seeing an interview with them a little while ago before Brees' wife got all BS on the you know mainstream. They sit down every week. And Sean Payton asks him, he says, because uh, th- these guys are these guys have been doing it forever. And these are, these are some of the best quarterbacks we're going to be talking about. Top 10, top 20 quarterbacks of all time. And he says to Breeze, I'm not, you know, we're equals here. You show me the plays you want to run. I'll show you mine. And then we'll kind of combine them. And, and it's a collaborative effort. Reports out of Green Bay's, there was no conversation. It was, it was just time. They were not doing that. And McCarthy was trying to rein in Rodgers. Maybe he needed to. Maybe McCarthy's the one who's right here. 
Rodgers might be the problem. Time, time will it's tell kind what of kind of guy Aaron Rodgers is. But we right? kind of already know. But right now, it's not we trending in a great it. direction. I think Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal. We, we debated this last week. I had a long conversation with Hawk Morris after the show last week, and we were both like pro Aaron Rodgers. You were kind of anti a little bit. I, I think Aaron Rodgers has a lot of good years left, personality-wise. I, I just I don't really know. It's kind of murky who he is. Like Guys are getting fired with great resumes in the middle of the season. That's kind of fucked up. His family doesn't like him. Let's just see Aaron Rodgers uh, rebounds. I'll say this: If you play DraftKings or FanDuel or fantasy fucking football, put Aaron Rodgers in all your lineups because he's throwing for 400 yards next yeah. week. Joe Philbin's and not going to come in touchdowns. and tell him what to do. Like it's going to be the fu performance of fu performance. Yeah. I don't even know who they play. They can play the 85 Bears. They all get in the DeLorean. They come like present day, unload at Lambeau. He's throwing for 400. He's going to be amazing. That being said, Aaron Rodgers, he's on dick watch. He might be a dick. He, he's not might be a dick. We know he's a dick. Okay. Okay, you talk about the eye test. We've seen him on the sidelines. We've seen him interact with people. Actually, no, I'm going to take that back. We've seen people try and interact with him. At number 44, walking up the field last week at halftime. He tried to say something to Rodgers. Rodgers didn't even acknowledge him. Okay? He looked like this. I forget the dude who's number 44. Uh, probably the backup fullback or whatever. But he looked like, and I've seen this in this town all the time, I see like a celebrity and I kind of check out what's going on around him, and I see, like, a little kid waiting to go up and, like, trying to build up the courage to go talk to the celebrity and go get their autograph and all that, and it's so cute, and it's it's terrifying for them, but that's what this guy looked like, waiting to go up to talk to Rodgers. Probably never talked to him before all season, and he went up and he said something to Rodgers when they were walking in the locker room. Rodgers didn't say a word, and he didn't acknowledge him. So this guy might be a dick. No, he's a dick. We see him on the sideline. When Ty Montgomery... I just spit all over you. When Ty Montgomery had that, uh, you know, gaff Fumble. five weeks ago, somebody's or Rogers said someone to something, somebody on the sideline. The guy looked so shy. He's like, "Holy shit, Aaron Rodgers just talked to me." He hasn't said a word to me all season, and that's the kind of thing like we could see that. That's human nature. He just people just don't like this guy. Fo- football's a weird sport, it, and it's just I, the hierarchy of football and the way football locker rooms operate and the way the guys come and go and the carousel and the lack of. It, where it just like disconnect between front offices and players, and it's just he, all these guys are expendable, lends itself to those kind of relationships. Though these are things you'd you'd never really see in basketball because it's like such a closer locker room. There's only twelve guys. Right. It's not like some people play half offense, half defense. Football is just a weird ecosystem. It's a weird place. Yeah. And it's just always very funny when you hear like people praise Tom Brady for knowing the name of all his teammates. Right. Oh, it doesn't matter who you are. You're the third string long snapper. Tom knows your name. Like, wow, we've set the bar really low for being a good teammate. Yeah. Or well, he can also fo- do no wrong. Or football is just a weird fucking sport. And I, football is just a weird sport. Relationships well, in football are just really weird. And the, well, the separation in football is offense and defense. Period. And then once you separate that, then you go into your specialties. What's more, the only other thing probably worse than that is you know pitchers and field players in baseball. That's it. You're sitting. You're sitting in a whole nother room yeah. than you know everybody else during the game you know and it so, kind of mirrors america the haves and the have-nots like in an nba locker room the last guy in the locker room is still making a ton of dough yeah right yeah like aaron Rodgers compared to you know the third string probably number 44 was talking to is like just above the poverty line like yeah. if he gets cut tomorrow that guy is probably fucked so <laughs> i don't know that's a whole other conversation but that's the, the so like this the way that the, all these guys interact with each other is very, very interesting. And Rodgers seems to be struggling as of late with any kind of a connection because you watch him play and just does not look interested. Anyway, Packers are dead. 
Terrible loss. Vegas got crushed in that game. Which was oh, nice. yeah. They got Absolutely murdered. crushed. Um, Saints-Cowboys, that Thursday night game. That was a little bit interesting. I game thought the changer. Saints were going to roll with that. It's a game changer, it's man. It's a game changer, especially with tonight's game, Eagles-Redskins, your Eagles. How, what do you think of tonight? How do you like it? Philly minus six. Well, yeah, prior to that game, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I was rooting against the Eagles to lose. I was rooting for the Eagles to lose last week so I could just, like not care anymore. Yeah. Then they win, and I'm like, fuck, now the Cowboys are going to lose to the Saints. We're going to beat the Redskins. We're going to be in first place. And then, like, we're back in the mix again. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still think the Eagles win tonight. I'm still... Uh, like it's one of those things I'm still banging my head against the wall, and I think it's gonna change, even though it's already December, and I haven't seen anything to tell me that they're gonna like turn the corner. I think they're gonna turn the corner tonight. Okay. I think they're gonna blow out the Redskins. That they're gonna beat the Cowboys next week, and all of a sudden we're sitting there in the driver's seat to win the division. Uh, I don't know why I think that. I have no hardened facts. I don't know. I don't care. I like it <laughs> whatsoever to back it up, but uh, that's just kind of what it feels like. But great win by the Cowboys. Uh, your Packers play the Falcons this week. Talk about a disappointing team. That's going to be a shootout. I'm trying to look right now to see what that over-under is going to be. That has to be high 50s, maybe even get to a 60. I believe the game is in Atlanta also, I think. I mean, the fun storyline in the NFL right now is the is the NFC wildcard no, race. The NFC wildcard race is, like, is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, There's, yeah. Like, I feel like seven teams can make the playoffs just in the wildcard alone. You're sitting there with a losing record in the NFC. You're not dead yet. You're not dead. By any means. Like, far from it. Yeah. So, a, a lot of teams have their destiny in their own hands. So, it's going to make for a really great end of the season, especially for the NFC. A couple weeks left. And, uh, like you said, uh, nothing's shaken out yet. And then, you know, the Rams wrapped it up yesterday. Uh, that was a nice little uptick in my account on Bavada that I forgot about. I Usually, those happen at the end of the season. So I was pretty pretty fired up about that. I mean, you're Tampa, dude. You're sitting there at five and seven. You've had a re- like a revolving door of quarterbacks. You're going back and forth. Feels like the entire season is just lost. You're you're in it. You're playing New Orleans next week at home. How New about- Orleans never plays well in Tampa. I got news for you. If you gamble, you know that New Orleans always plays terrible in Tampa Bay on that grass. They win that game. They're six and seven. They're like right They're in the in mix. It. Yeah. Interesting stat I heard about Tampa. I mean, they, they, you know, they're having a tough time figuring out, is it Fitzy, is it Jameis? Uh, Jameis, in the second quarter, threw his second – or his second quarter, threw his 81st touchdown pass of his career. So he owns the record. He passed Josh Freeman for the Buccaneers' all-time touchdowns. It's also the third most before a player's 25th birthday in NFL history. Do you know the people in the conversation with him? Dan Marino, Peyton Manning. Wow. And this is Jameis Winston, a guy who lost his job this year. That tells you how important numbers can be. Crazy. Not very. I mean, you can you can kind of skew anything. Bears yesterday. Good. Was that a a good loss, a bad loss, an indifferent loss? Where does that fall on the scale of of their season? That's a that game, game that yesterday. they can't lose. Oh, that's okay. Okay. The Giants. Sure, really? they're 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 on the uptick. They're on like two or three upticks. I think Giants they've won three out well, of their man. last four. Yeah. Uh, there may be an Odell Beckham dive away from. Uh, that game turned out a little different. I, I don't know. That, but, that, but it sucks that that's the story. When you turn on the news today, it's uh, Odell Beckham. Does he try? Does he give a shit? Yeah. You know? Um, I love that Bears loss, man. Like, you have two games without your starting quarterback who is playing. Like, fan, Trubisky's been amazing this year. There's no arguing that. He's been amazing. You throw Chase Daniel in for two games, both on the road. Yeah. You get a split. and you like, Which, in real, that's the best you could do. And you showed a lot of fucking heart. Coming back, 
against the Giants. Like, it's very easy to lay down on the road with a backup quarterback with a division lead. I mean, it's like yeah. the easiest time to lay down. They did not lay down. I, I thought that was a pretty inspiring performance by the Bears. And if I'm a Bears fan today, yeah, I'm bummed. It would have been cool to complete the comeback. But, man, Tariq Cohen, it's like they finally realized, let's get this guy, like, super involved. He's like mm-hmm. a little joystick video game guy running around. Yeah. He's like, I mean, he's phenomenal. The Bears are good. I'm waiting for you to finally jump on board. It's going to happen soon. But the Bears are good. My Bears are your Texans, and the Bears have a brutal game coming up this week. Yeah. Who they got? The Rams. Oh, yeah, they do. That's tough. But in, in Chicago. It's in Chicago. They're Trubisky's three and a half point dogs. It's going to be cold. Rams have it wrapped up. So maybe their attention goes from 100% down to Not 90, home field. 95. Not home field. Not home field. So that it's only week 13. 13, yeah. You gotta, like, you're not wrapping it up yet emotionally. But I'm talking about like the, the psychological aspect about it. Maybe all right, Maybe we could breathe for even if it's like I don't yeah we that. have a tough game Sunday night but we got it wrapped up even though Seattle Seattle's playing great right now Russell Wilson looks awesome but all right we got it wrapped up okay let's get our shit together of course this is a big game I'm not saying that they're gonna take their foot off the gas yeah and I'm not trying to make excuses if they happen to lose this I wrote to Noel yesterday he still he wants to double down on our little bet he he loves Chicago you know what it's gonna be a great game okay these Rams got to go play somewhere cold. They don't have it wrapped up yet. This might be their way to say, hey, let's, uh, let's make it real cold. And you know what? We want to win this game to show that we don't need to go play somewhere cold. Everyone has to come to us. They didn't look great last night or yesterday. They didn't look great against the Lions. Todd Gurley's still doing weird shit, not scoring touchdowns. Yeah, like, two it, yesterday, I think. Yeah, but, like, did you see what he did? You didn't, you didn't see that play? What? There was, like, two minutes and 20 seconds to go. Oh, he broke yeah, a run yeah. and then took a right turn and ran, like, six <laughs> yards down the – like, does he hate fantasy football that much? Seriously, what is wrong with Todd Gurley? He said he goes, I don't give a shit about Vegas or fantasy. Yeah, but you should care about winning a football game. There was two minutes and 30 seconds left. Yeah. Like, if there's 10 seconds left, I get it. Like, I don't know. This guy is, I'm kind of out on Todd Gurley right now. Kind of, that was that was just absolutely well, absurd. because we both lost our big-time running back, too, who was in contention with best running back of the year with Todd Gurley, Kareem Hunt. Oh yeah, yeah. That I mean that was. Uh, we'll, we'll get to those Chiefs. That's that Kareem Hunt thing's crazy. But Gurley, I don't know. You're just out. Like if I'm Sean McVay, I'm pulling Gurley into my office today, and I'm like, look, I get it, but leave the decision making to me. Run the football. Mm-hmm. Like just run into the end zone. Like, that just made no sense to me yeah, whatsoever. Let me manage man. the clock and all that. Yeah, stuff. like they he was jarring. totally yeah. Mike Martzing it. That's just one of the weird things going on around these Rams right now. All right, no Cooper Cup. You got, like, guys on the bro- – Aaron Donald's my MVP. I don't even know who the announcer was. I was like, dude, give me a no, break. No, I saw that pop They're up. They're the 20th-ranked defense in the NFL. I get it. All the individual stats. He's great. 20th-ranked defense. Yeah. Aaron Donald's fine. He's very, very good. Best defensive player in football. Not the MVP of the league. Give me a break. You think we're nitpicking on the Rams? Well, I mean, you got to find something when you're 11, when you're 11 and 1. They're phenomenal. Yeah. I, I just don't believe it yet. I, I, you're I not just, totally sold yet. Uh, it's weird. I, I, I'm not. I'm not sold. Now, I think that they need home field advantage. People that say that, oh, if they play the Saints, it's like uh, both conditions are going to be perfect. It's not going to matter. That matters. Anybody who's like watched the football game in New Orleans knows that matters. Oh, that place is bananas. That place is it's bananas. It's a covered dome. It gets loud. So we're going to see what kind of – Sean McVay, obviously, coach of the year, phenomenal job. Like, guy's obviously a genius. He's great with the X's nose. Let's see how he is keeping these guys motivated. And making sure they know that they got to run through the fucking finish line. Yeah, they need home field advantage. I think they'll have no problem with that, especially with the way it ended last year against Atlanta at home. Uh, their special teams that got them there failed them. 
Um, uh, this is going to be fun. It's going to be a fun playoffs. I got to get to some of these games with Kurtz. He well, calls me out every week for not being there. It's going to be a blast, but I'll tell you what. Here's a nightmare scenario. Seattle gets the four seed, hosts a playoff game, wins. They play the Rams in in, in L.A. for, like, a divisional playoff. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see the Seahawks if I'm you the Rams see Seahawks. for the third time. And they're playing well. They, and they're they pl- clicked. They clicked. It's like the last thing you want to see is the Seahawks coming to town if you're the Rams. Let me see the playoff race here, where they are. You know, it's like the Vikings and the, and the Seahawks have, and then you know, then the Redskins all six and five. Seahawks are today, seven Seahawks and five. Are Seahawks are in right now, and they're going to be playing probably Chicago or Dallas. That's a great game. See Seahawks Cowboys NFC's play. They're, they're going to be fun. They're yeah. going to be fun to watch. It's going to be good. It's going to be a crapshoot, and I think you know we have, we have a few more weeks. I think this stuff is going to even itself out a little bit more as it goes along. It's like. Four weeks ago, we were like, oh, Rams, Rams, Rams. Three weeks ago, we were like, Saints, Saints, Saints. It's all kind of tightening up a little bit right now. I love it, and I love it. Now, Kansas City is a little, ah, you lose Kareem Hunt. They're 10-2, and but, uh, you know, all of a sudden they lose one or two. Houston can't stop losing. Let's say Houston gets ahead. Patriots own the tiebreaker over Houston. Okay. It's interesting. And then another whole other thing, we're talking about Los Angeles. We're talking about the Rams. Dude, the Chargers. How about these Chargers, man? They're nine and three. They had they overcame a deficit last night in that game. First of all, I had Pittsburgh, and I, I was cruising. I think I said this in the beginning of the show. Pittsburgh with a sixteen point lead, I think going into half was one hundred seventy four zero and one. Last night was the loss. That just looked like and Collinsworth. I know Collinsworth gets a lot of shit. I, I don't personally don't see it. I don't think he's. I don't think he's great. He's not Tony Romo, but I don't think he's awful. He said, like, halfway through the third quarter, he goes, it's like these teams switch uniforms at halftime. Yeah. I haven't seen anything like this. One team dominates the first half. The other team dominates the second half so clearly. That's the way the game was last night. Those, those were just two heavyweights slugging it out. That's just two really good football teams at yeah. the end of the day. I, I didn't – look, at the end of the day, I'm going to take Pittsburgh at home on a night game, a very important game every day of the week. All, all the trends, all the West Coast going east and all that stuff that we like to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, usually kind of plays itself out in the end. Great win by the Chargers. Had a tough loss a couple weeks ago against uh, the Broncos at home. Yes. Kind of, they ended up blowing out the Cardinals last week. But they were down ten nothing. Mm-hmm. They were not trending in the best direction. If they had lost last night, that's kind of three duds in a row for them. Right. So that was a very important game for them to right the ship. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's still fine. Seven and four. Ravens are seven and five. Uh, there's no doubt that the Steelers are better than the Ravens. I like wanted the Ravens to go on. They've been upticking lately. I wanted the Ravens to really lose it after USC lost because I heard John Harbaugh's name being thrown around. That'd be a good one. For an SC job. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to talk about that. But well, it's, has your opinion changed on the Steelers after that? I guess that's a, better, that's a better question. I don't want to say that I'm not sold on the Steelers because they've been there, you know, AFC championship, you know, I don't know how many times in the last seven, eight, nine years since Ben's been around. I don't know the exact number. They're always there, but that's a that's an interesting loss last night. That's a in what that, way? In what way was it interesting? They had that game was over. They okay. had that game. They were cruising. Okay, mm-hmm. everyone just expects all right. It's going to be New England, Pittsburgh for the AFC Championship. Something is not right, and I know plenty of people have talked about this a while ago. the The chemistry right now is not right in Pittsburgh. Okay, Ben calling everybody out last week. I had Ben in every single. DraftKings, fantasy, everything. Because you call out your receivers. Guess what? I thought Antonio Brown was going to get 25 targets last night. He caught a lot of balls, man. Caught a lot of balls. He was great. But 
they they stopped in the second half. They need to figure their shit out in in Pittsburgh for sure because it's not right right now. And that lo- kind of loss is something that could turn it around. But but that's that's I think that's the point. What basically what the Steelers did last night was who they've been for the last four years. This isn't the Iron Curtain. 70s Steelers where they're going down and like they're going to lock people up on defense. The Steelers try and outscore people. They've been doing it for three years. Mm-hmm. They've given up leads. There's been internal strife. Ben has always been a lightning rod for controversy. We're not sure Omar Epps is a good coach. <laughs> it's. I just thought that was the Steelers in a nutshell last night. And my opinion of them is exactly the same as it was before the game. Yeah. Like they're great offensively, they're going to put points on the board. Antonio Brown's great. They better hope James Conner's not that hurt. Right. James Conner has been great for them. Scored two touchdowns last night. He looked night. a little out of it, yeah. Pretty bottled up otherwise. But that's but, the other thing is they kept talking about two weeks ago. They said, all right, now that this Le'Veon Bell stuff is behind them, now they can get down to business. Guess what? They, they, they have more controversy. It just doesn't center around Le'Veon Bell. You know? You had Mike Tomlin last night talking about how he doesn't want to say anything because he sent way too much money to New York. I mean, he, he criticizes the referees too much. There were some ridiculous calls. Guess what, dude? They're, they're, I, I, I'm sick of fighting that. I know when you lose, it's everything, everybody against you. But that stuff happens all the time, man. All that, the time. That offensive, uh, the offsides against Joe Hayden at the end. Dude, I don't know about that. That's a questionable call. That's tough. But that's I don't what know. I said about earlier. Football just does stupid shit all the time. If, you're, if I'm a Colts fan... Look, I got shut out. I'm not supposed to win that game anyway. Yeah. But I don't know if you saw the play where the guy jumped, like, got tackled out of bounds. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the ref ruled him in bet. Like, I-, I was watching that game live, and I just You wrote was, to it, yeah, yeah, I was so dumbfounded that that actually happened, and that guy still has a job as a referee. Like, the guy literally ran out of bounds. A guy hit him, because in football, that's what you do, right? You hit people. The guy's yeah. entire body landed out of bounds, and the ref kept the clock going. Yeah. I mean, that stuff just happens all the time. That You can't even complain about it anymore. That's yeah. just the new norm. Nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. So uh, for him to complain about that's a little off. But this is what the Steelers are, is my point. They're a dysfunctional group. They've always been a dysfunctional group. Ben is not some shining light on top of a hill that you follow. He's never been that guy, right? He's kind of ornery. He probably takes some pills. Who knows? People flying in motorcycles on a windshield. I don't know. There's just a lot of weird shit with Ben. So that's my <laughs> that's my Steeler take. All right. Um Chiefs. Chiefs. So I turned that game off. Not I turned off. I was I I thought that was a game over. I had that I had the Chiefs yesterday. Then all of a sudden I checked, they're up by like six or seven. I said, Oh shit, I'm gonna lose this bet. Um Chiefs, I gotta see more. I gotta see what happens without Kareem Hunt. Well, that's the funny thing, right, Mike? So we've been doing this show a long time, and we are the champions, like most people are, if running backs don't matter. We say it all the time. Uh, you can replace anybody with anybody in a backfield pretty much. Right. I don't know. Might be wrong on this one. Kareem Hunt kind of seems like he matters. Yeah. Kind of seems like he matters. Spencer uh, yeah. Ware was fine. Picked him up in all my fantasy leagues. I'm sure everybody else did. But they did not look the same. Even though they right. put up a shitload of points, now Sammy Watkins wasn't in either. Mm-hmm. It's also the same week that all of this shit went down, and it all happened late in the week. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. So you got to give them a little bit of a pass, but it's going to be interesting going forward to see. It was you lucky know, for them that they got Oakland, and this wasn't yeah. a game against you know, against the Rams or the Saints or the Patriots or something like that. But again, you know, you and I talk all the time. I'm not sold. I'm not sold. You're not sold. This and that. You're still not sold on the Texans. They can't lose. 
Oh yeah, I'm being I'm total being I'm being an asshole. Now I'm just being wrong. I'm just wrong now, but <laughs> I'm, just I'm, owning I'm, it. I'm just gonna own it. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. out on the Texans. I'm still out on them. Okay. The one nine straight. <laughs> one thing I'm very nervous about, uh your Cleveland Browns. Yeah. We have our Mastros bet. I owe you Mastros once right now because somehow the Jets won a couple games last year. Uh I I liked the Panthers a couple weeks ago. I think Cam in the last three games has thrown like seven interceptions or something. You got the Panthers at the Broncos, the Bengals at the Ravens. You're going to win this bet. They're going to go two, at least two and two to get you to six wins on the season, I think. Am I wrong? I don't know. Man, that's that's a tough one. The 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 that's bottom barrel shit that I can't I can't predict. <laughs> you're going to beat the Panthers. Panthers are you know trending down right now. You lose to the Broncos in in Denver. You beat the Bengals. You boat raced them before. Yeah. And then you probably lose to the Ravens. But that's, that's the only one I two. feel good about is the uh, is the Bengals. The Bengals. The rest of them they could they could lose out. Like anything. That's another one of those situations. And you know, look, I'm a Baker Mayfield guy, but he's going to have a career a lot like Ben Roethlisberger's. Where it's never gonna feel fully secure and fully safe. Like the guy might be super successful, win playoff games, might go to a Super Bowl. I don't know. It'll never feel like a warm blanket. Who, Ben? Baker. Oh, Baker, Baker will have a oh, career like not. Ben. It's just gonna be a little something will always be a little like off and unsafe. Yeah. So, you know, you could tell me almost well, any scenario for the last four games. Baker, I mean, on a on a good day, he's never gonna be safe. But on a bad day, he's a, he's a magnet for this stuff. I mean, his comments on Hugh Jackson just got, I don't want to say blown out of proportion, but they just got dissected and spewed and turned around and all this stuff. That, that And that's not going to go away. We haven't even seen the, the tip of the iceberg. You know, there's a clip that we put up online the other day about how Baker's finally coming out of his shell. Dude, he's, he's just poking through right now. We haven't even seen, you know, when he starts getting questioned about some uncomfortable shit. This is going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch. And it's going to be a lot less stressful for me to watch after the season Hopefully, when they go one and three over their next four, and then you and me are splitting, uh, splitting Mastros. I got an uncomfortable question for you. Ooh. Would you pick up Kareem Hunt now that he's a free agent? If you were now the Redskins picked up Reuben Foster. Well, that's what I was right? going to so say. So a precedent has been set. It got it got a little bit of controversy, but the Skins got a little bit of trouble for doing that. Okay, but they still picked up a very talented football player. What team am I? You're any team. It doesn't matter who you are. Like you, yes, I do. Morally, yes. you have a daughter. I absolutely do. You'd pick him up. Absolutely. Yeah. It's about winning football games. That's it. Now he can't play the rest of the year this year. Right. Right. He's on that commissioner's exempt list. Another question: Do you think he should be able to play in the NFL next year? Yes. Okay. Uh, I agree. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Bouncing around Twitter yesterday morning, especially after the interview, he sat down with Lisa Salters in the you know at nine a.m. Right after the the NFL or the college bowl pool, or bowl prediction or bowl show, whatever, uh, a lot of people were getting his back. I was a little surprised at this because the girl called him the N word. Now I know there's nothing okay. You know, was it uh, Daniel Tosh has a funny thing about when it's okay to hit a girl? You know, when you Yikes. you tell her to record a game and she doesn't record the show after it in case the game goes into overtime, <laughs> then that's okay. Like, so it's just funny stuff. He's a comedian. Yeah. Obviously, it's not serious. Uh, never okay to hit a girl. Ever. But if you had to pick one thing in it's today's never, society. It's never okay. Okay. Then yeah. th that's it, probably the closest to being okay. It's not okay. By, yeah, by saying he should be able to play in the NFL, again, it's not a, in absolves, uh, absolving him of what he did. What he did is obviously horrifically bad and should never be done. Zero 
Like, I loved his interview. I thought the Chiefs handled it great. Mm-hmm. They cut him immediately. Right. He came out immediately and was like, I am 100% wrong. There was no butts in there. Right. There were no, well, this happened. Or He just was like, the Chiefs did the right thing. I'm embarrassed for myself. I'm a yes. disgrace. Yes. Like, now but, he has to rehabilitate himself, and he has a long time till the next NFL season. Mm-hmm. And if this guy jumps through all the hoops that he's supposed to, there's yes. zero reason he shouldn't be able to continue his livelihood and live his life. But to take the other side of that for a sec, is he sorry about what he did, or is he sorry that he got caught? And that's what that comes down to. This happened in February. You know what? You want to get ahead of this story, release the tape, say, I screwed up. Yeah, I'm going to take my four-game suspension, and then I'll put this behind me. It's a steroid thing. All these guys who kept denying steroids, guess what? We're still talking about it. Andy Pettit said, yeah, I did steroids. We're going to do a press conference, talk about it today, and then I'm not going to talk about it again. Nobody even remembers Andy Pettit. First of all, Andy Pettit, if you're not a Yankee fan. But it, the, the Andy Pettit got nabbed for steroids. Because he admitted it. The tough part about this is while I was watching his interview, I said, all right, this guy's either totally remorseful and very somber, and he, he, this is great, good for him, or he's got a hell of a publicist. You know, or this is uh, what's his name? The dude uh, in Gone Girl, um, Tyler Perry, coaching up Ben Affleck, you know, on what exactly what to say and how to look and when to look at the camera and all this stuff to get, you know, all those metrics. Maybe I he mean, does you have love a- conspiracy theories. But, but no, you, no, but if that's you think it, man. Kareem Hunt is Daniel Day Lewis, then God bless you. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking, <laughs> he has, are you kidding me? He absolutely has somebody right before he goes he on camera saying, these are those keywords. You have to say this. You have to do this. Do not raise your voice. Keep it low. Talk slowly. I don't think there's anything wrong with that because there's so many judgmental fucking assholes out there doing exactly what you just said. Of course. Immediately dismissing everything he's saying and thinking it's not like from the heart or And I'm not saying I'm doing that. You're 100% right. It sucks that that's where I think of right now. I'm like, oh, maybe this is the case. Maybe that's me who does a sports show trying to think about every angle. Or maybe that's, you know, that's the conspiracy part in me saying, ah, this isn't. This isn't legit. Well, Who knows? It, I don't know. It's also interesting how video changes the entire storyline of, of all of this. I mean, he has a teammate mm-hmm. who is also on my fantasy team, Tyreek Hill, that beat up his pregnant girlfriend. It's a fact. This is yeah. not like a disputable thing, but there's no video of it. So it's not like that bad of a thing. Yeah. But then you got like Joe Mixon. So you can't tell me that Joe Mixon should be in the NFL, but Kareem Hunt shouldn't. I think what Joe Mixon did was way worse mm-hmm. than what Kareem Hunt did. If you're watching the videos, like what Joe Mixon did was like sick. Joe Mixon has since not done anything wrong. He's dedicated money, his time, his life to, you know, to to rehabilitating himself and doing whatever he can to help the community. That's mm-hmm. the good thing that comes from this. I've said for many years, the greatest thing that ever happened to animal rights was Michael Vick. The oh, greatest yeah. single thing. Nobody gave a shit about dogs outside of like retired women in the suburbs. All right. Michael Vick has some dog fighting. All of a sudden, it's front page everywhere. The uh, SPCA. Every charity doesn't know what to do with all the money. They have more money than they know what to do with. All right. Michael Vick went to prison. I know. He went to to Leavenworth, dude. The word, like one of the worst. Yeah. I love prison stuff, and Leavenworth is one of the worst. In Kansas, lost all of his money for some dog fighting. I like dogs. Dogs are great. Okay? Dogs are great. Shout Just out to dogs. Shout out to dogs. <laughs> Big fan of you guys. Shout out to you're you know, forty-year-old wives in the suburbs. Most of you are very cute. Uh, <laughs> but this Kareem Hunt, this Tyreek Kill, this Joe—none of these guys are going to jail, and they're playing football, and they're keeping the, like a lot of their money. So I, I don't know. It's an interesting. Uh, I, like I said, I, I give everybody a second chance. I give everybody a third chance. Oh, right. I'm a third right. chance guy, just like wow. parallel parking. 
It takes you three times to parallel park. Take your time. No, you get one Squeeze shot in there. Do your three thing. Three times. Move on. You're not getting in that spot. Three times. Are you kidding me? Zero. I don't know how you guys do things in the Philly suburbs, but who are from? You get one shot. You get one and if shot. you can't do that, one opportunity. you got eight cars you, honking M&M? behind you. Get the hell out of here. You're done. You're not fitting in that spot. I don't know. I mean, look, I'm having a rough <laughs> week. I have one of the greatest fantasy football teams of all time. Nobody gives a shit about hearing fantasy football stories. But I have Melvin Gordon and Kareem Hunt on Ooh, my team. Who'd you put in instead? Well, luckily I'm a waiver wire guru, but I sat Tariq Cohen. <laughs> I was sitting there. I asked, here's, here's, here's a great lesson from Uncle Jay when you ask advice from people, right? So I sent out like four or five texts to people, Gus Edwards or Tariq Cohen today? Who should I go with? Every single person but Morgan, to Morgan's credit, said Gus Edwards. And I had Cohen in, and I flopped it and, took, and put uh, Edwards in, and Cohen went nuts. What Edwards do? They just like 15 rushes for 80 yards and like nothing, like 12 fantasy points. So don't listen to your friends, first off, is my is my general rule of thumb. Always go the other direction. Yeah. But yeah, I squeaked out a win. It was fine. I have a good bench. <laughs> but I got Spencer Ware in all my leagues. And I got news for you, people. If you're out there on your computers at work right now, go pick up Char Kendrick West. I think Ooh. I pronounced his name correctly. I like this. Go pick him up because they just re-signed him. And he's a guy that, like, he's done stuff in the NFL. Like, he catches balls. Spencer Ware was fine yesterday, but it was one of those things where you're like, eh, you're like 30% worse as a football team if he's your feature back. Right. So we'll see what happens going forward. I like it. You watched a lot of football this weekend. I watched a lot of football. Yeah. Look, Morgan, Morgan immediately chimes in on the message board. Morgan, I said you said Cohen. I gave you your credit. <laughs> I gave you your credit. Morgan, hey, for me, when uh, oh, when Kareem went out, I, I I have him on my bench. I didn't have to pick him up. Carson, Chris Carson, that's my guy now. That's it. That's I started I Chris Carson too. Yeah, that was one of my. He was fucking the guy. He's the the. I compared him to Calvin Johnson. Which is probably like too much of a comparison because Calvin Johnson is an all-time great. But if you play fantasy football, you know that Calvin Johnson had an elite skill of catching a ball and getting tackled at the one-yard line. Nobody <laughs> got tackled at the one-yard line. Calvin Johnson did. All right, Chris Carson is in that same same family for sure. And then a Russell Wilson scramble, boom, boom, and then you know you get nothing. At one point yesterday, Russell Wilson was four for six for like 102 yards and three touchdowns. Is that right? Yes. He had a good day yesterday. That was, uh, yeah, that's like pretty next level shit, right? So, there. yeah, I had Zeke and then Kareem went out. Now I got Chris Carson in. And every week I have to make a decision between Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks. Today I made the, or this week I made the right decision. Robert Woods? I'm cruising. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I, I mean, any of those guys, could, they're all getting 10 targets. Depends who, gets, who finds the end zone. That's it. You I know? like it. I like it. I'm trying to find Morgan's breakdown for me. It was very funny about the difference between. Uh, here it is. So I was like, who, who should I take, Tariq or, uh, or Gus Edwards? He goes, if you want a bigger room with more risk than Tyreek or Tariq, if you're looking for a fat, <laughs> looking for fat wife stability with a lower ceiling, Gus is your guy. I like that breakdown. <laughs> I was like, that's, I, that's very good. Uh, sadly, I didn't listen to him. <laughs> I like that breakdown, though. <laughs> well done by him. <laughs> fat wife stability. I don't even Jeez. know what that means. Um, all right, so shifting, you got anything else, NFL? No, man. That's it. Right. It's just an exciting finish. We got the fantasy playoffs. Always hit us up anytime you want on Instagram or Twitter. We have uh, we have all the answers for you. First place, all three of my leagues, Mike. First place. Nice. Yeah. I'm in one league. First place. That's it. Yeah, the guy. Four first place. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Jake Head. Okay. He's been on the show in a while. He's been on a couple times for us. Told me to watch BoJack Horseman. It is absolutely hilarious. 
Okay, it's a cartoon. It's on Netflix. It is an absolute riot. I haven't watched it in a while because I finally finished The Wire, which we'll talk about in a sec. But BoJack Horseman, I know I'm so late to the point. This is like me telling everyone, dude, the show 24 is amazing. <laughs> you got to see it. And then there's it's a show really Lost. Dude, you got to check it out. So I know I'm late to the party, but BoJack, Ryan's putting it up right now. Absolutely hilarious. So clever. So well written. Uh, I think Will, Nar- Will Arnett can do no wrong in my book, even though stupid Reese's commercials are pretty funny. He's awesome. Finish the wire. Okay. We talked a little while ago, and I want to bring this back up after football season. We don't need it yet. Kind of the dog days of the NBA season, maybe we will. Uh, I know there aren't any in your book. Top five shows of all time. It got really interesting with some of the stuff people had. Uh, Obviously, Sopranos, Wire, West Wing was nowhere to be found, shockingly. Uh, Everyone had Breaking Bad, all that stuff. But I was blown away with how many people put The Wire in their top five. And then blown away with how blown away they were that I haven't seen The Wire. So I watched The Wire. I've never seen it. Uh, And I have one word for The Wire. Pretty Eh. mediocre. Eh. It was all right. It was Eh. good. Yeah. You know? It's up. It's it's in there with Sons of Anarchy. It was good. That's behind Sons for me. You were dying on that hill, regardless. Like the last season could have been the greatest season in TV history. You had already married yourself to this mediocre, you know, breakdown of the wire that you were never moving off it at any point. But I, I was I, I I see what you're saying, and I, I partially agree with that. But I was always waiting for the thing to happen for me to be like, oh, this is why everyone loves it. I just never saw that. For me personally, or what would, for what would you have liked else? to have seen in a rewrite? I don't know. First of all, they could have just taken season four and thrown it on the floor. I, I, you know, I love kids. I have two of them, but I don't give a shit about these kids in school. I, I, I don't care about any of that for this TV show. You're talking about drug dealers and politicians and all, and it was all right. I feel like they could have gotten a little more corrupt with the politicians. They didn't really get into that enough. I don't know. I just and it was hyped up. It's tough to watch a show like that that's been put at a level ten. It's never going to live up to that. Yeah. Um, same thing when we people we tell Breaking Bad. We watch Breaking Bad. After the first half of the season, everyone's like, dude, this is really slow. Okay, I get that. But stuff's going to happen along the way that you're going to look at your TV and go, holy shit, I can't watch the next episode. I have to digest this. Okay, you know? that's fair. Morgan brings up a very good point, though, and I do tend to agree with this, is that everybody else watched The Wire when it came out. And the world was a totally different place. But there that, was less good TV. But it yes. There was just less good TV, so you weren't judging it. It's the Aaron Rodgers conversation we were having last week. Mm-hmm. What are you putting him up against? Well, if you're going to put him up against like all the greats, he's fucked. Yeah. But if you put him right where he's supposed to be, he's pretty that's great. That's where we think. Everyone else wants to put him up against the greats. Whole nother conversation. Uh, that's what I'm anyway. saying. Context is everything. Yeah. Right. So like, if you're judging the wire on when it came out and like what it did for TV and it was kind of groundbreaking and edgy, like it's not edgy now, but right. back then it was. And right? it translates so, pretty well this time. You know, I mean, they're on flip phones, flip phones, and all that. But like, I feel like it 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 can age well. But it just, just so wasn't much good stuff out though. I know. There's a lot of good shows. It was it, fine. That's the th- I'm, yeah. I'm not trashing it. It was fine. It was, I, I made it through five seasons. Guess what? I can't make it through five seasons of Game of Thrones. So yeah, you're a busy guy. The fact that you finished it, I, I applaud you. Thank you for making it all the way through. Um, do I do Ozarks next or Bodyguard on Netflix? Bodyguard on Netflix because you'll bang that out. I guarantee you'll bang that out in like less than four days. 
Guaranteed. Zero chance I could do that. I'm telling you, dude. You just you just said you need something that makes you want to watch the next one. Yeah. Bodyguard will do that. Okay. Like you're not gonna want to watch an episode, then go live your life. You're gonna be like, ah, uh, it's one a.m. <laughs> I can go to bed at two thirty a.m. I can't remember the last time I saw one a.m. <laughs> True. Because <laughs> my kids don't care if you're hungover when they come in at six a.m. You know what I just rewatched in its entirety? Melissa and I banged out three seasons of Newsroom. Ah, oh, classic. I just watched the, the intro time. for that the other day. Fantastic, man. Yeah. Like, just as good the second time. Jeff Daniels. Oh, that stuff's amazing. So good. I mean, it, even if you don't like the politics, right? Like, even if you're, like, a, a staunch right-winger right. and you hate the liberal Hollywood politics, like, just forget about the politics. Yeah. Just enjoy it for, like, the great acting, the speed of it, how good everybody is. Jeff Daniels in my—he's in my top seven. He's an all-timer yeah. to me. Like, an absolute first ballot Hall of Famer. If you go from, like, Dumb and Dumber— to newsroom, to What's his, his career. Newsroom, Will, Will McAvoy. Yeah, McAvoy. That's right. To you know, he's to, to Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway. The guy's like an acclaimed Broadway actor. Mm-hmm. Like this guy has done it all, man. He's he is phenomenal. Yeah, uh, I watched. It was actually I think two days ago. I watched the. I think it was the first part of the first episode. His monologue about why America is not the greatest country oh, in the United States yeah. anymore. I mean, that's gonna go down. As a f- one of the best in TV history, that monologue. That's amazing. What a good, like the greatest first 15 minutes in television history. That's a big one. If it's not the best, like it's one. like, a, yeah, it's top five. Yeah, what can, what can you do to make anything better with that? It was, it was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Very good show. I'm not a big rewatch shit guy. Like I've right. watched Lost probably three times through, which is probably a little obsessive. Fantastic. Everything else I just watched once. That was definitely re- worth a rewatch. Yeah. Cal, jumping on the board. I like it. Uh, your Steelers. Dude, get into class tonight, and we'll talk. Cal's a Santa Monica Tennis Center guy. Yeah, your Steelers, okay. man. We talked about it earlier. What happened? That's what we, that's what we want to know. They're the Kardashians of the NFL, bro. It's dysfunctional. A lot of weird shit going on. They always write the ship. They're going to make it to maybe an AFC championship game. Lose to Pittsburgh. Maybe, lose but, to New England. But I'm telling you right now, the game that they lose will be soul-crushing because they'll probably put up 35. Yeah. Or... Last year, they played Jacksonville and just completely run out of the building. Like, Jacksonville just put it on them. But they will lose in a way that will frustrate the fuck out of you. Yeah. And that's what the Steelers are. And you talk about, you know, Michigan. They can't beat Ohio State. Certain teams like this, Georgia with Alabama. I mean, nothing is more true in the NFL. Pittsburgh going to New England. You can't feel confident. Or the other way around. Pittsburgh or New England going to Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's even worse. That's even worse. You can't feel confident if you're Pittsburgh. You got to be thinking about, oh, shit. We've seen this story many times. Just enjoy it, right? So it's that conversation of I'm a fan of a team. Am I happy with them being, like, in the top 80 percentile of the league year in, year out, but knowing maybe once every 12, 15 years I can win a Super Bowl? Now, they've won two. I get it. With Ben. Sounds like like another team I know in the NFC East. The Eagles? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we finally got one. Right. But, yeah, it's just like, I don't know, year in, year out, that could probably get pretty frustrating. Oh, absolutely. I mean, right now I'm going through with the Yankees. They're always there. Always. Maybe they get one. When was the last time they got one? Oh, nine? And they're, they, to be honest, they're not that close right now. I, You know, we picked up, we made some moves in the offseason so far. There's still some big names that need to drop. But they're all going to the Phillies, brother. That's all you need the, to know. Dude, we the got Phillies Juan, are involved in every got one. Juan Segura today, I Juan believe. Segura, yeah, that would have been awesome in like '99. That would have been a great, great pickup for you guys. <laughs> but uh, we got a ways to go, man. We, I mean, what the Red Sox did, and I hate to talk about baseball or the Red Sox, dude. What they did in the playoffs was unreal. 
They beat the three best or two or three best teams in baseball handily. You know, it's uh, I mean between the Astros, the Yankees, Dodgers, unreal, unreal. What are these holidays holiday parties you were uh, teasing me with? Or oh. I have not been to any holiday parties. I've seen some. Okay. I worked at Brew the other night. We had a couple. Fucking you and your ugly sweater. Come up with a new thing, dude. That wasn't like, even ugly cool sweater. fifteen years ago. Yeah, ugly sweater party thing. It's just like I'm have fun with your friends, have a good time, but there's, like I don't, dude. There's one dude. I don't want to say his name. This is back reindeer in the antlers days. on your head. Do something. <laughs> back in the Q's days, I think we hosted one of those. This is a long time ago, fifteen years ago, probably like twelve. But this one dude who I just I never liked. I just thought he was just like such a douchey nerd. I don't know. I didn't like him. And he kept trying to get me to play softball for his team. And it was a co-ed team. And I was like, nah, I'm good, man. He's like, what, are you better than co-ed softball? I was like, yeah, actually yeah, I am. Pretty much. I don't want to play against girls in softball. He goes, but dude, I hit four home runs the other day. I said, yeah, you're Yikes. playing against girls. I'm out. I'm out on you and this whole idea. Just done. And I remember he walked in and he thought he had like the funniest, like, ugly sweater party. And I was just like, dude, this fucking guy, get him away. I don't want to talk about it. If Adam's listening, I'll tell you who he is later. That guy was me. <laughs> yeah, that was Jay. And here we We've are. We've come a long way since. Here we are, buddy. Uh, dude, ugly sweater. Like, grow up. Those, those those were funny a long time. I know there's millennials. There's one in the room right now staring at us. Who probably does it? He's an old soul. And that's Ryan's fine. An old but soul, like for man. our age, come on, you, get, you know, move on. Uh, I don't know how we started talking about this. What's your go-to? What's your go? Well, you love Christmas parties. What's your go-to move at a Christmas party? Are you a punch guy? Are you an eggnog guy? I'm gonna drink all the bourbon. Drink all the bourbon. And then move on to whatever else is left. And what Christmas party did you go to already? Oh, dude, they're flying right now. It's Are like you December 4th. Dude, you got to get them early. It's the 3rd. It's December 3rd. Uh, is your Christmas tree up yet? Yeah, of course, dude. Really? Oh, you have kids. I that have makes kids. sense. I'm going to get one tonight. We're going we're gonna to go out and get one tonight. Where are you going? I don't know. It's not like home or like in Philly. Every corner's got a Christmas tree. Like, where right. do you get a fucking Christmas tree around here? Well, do you get a real is, one? What's funny is one of our buddies down the street, he got suckered into like running a Christmas tree lot in Hermosa. So <laughs> wow. he's trying to get us to all go. So we like live right across series. the street basically from the yeah. Costco in Manhattan Beach. You go to Costco, they're 35 bucks. Okay. Okay. My buddy Vinny, who had the party the other night, he goes, dude, I went to go get a tree at, uh, at JT's. I shouldn't be saying their real names if they're listening. He goes, 175 fucking for a dollars tree? for a tree. Yeah. Go to Costco, dude. 35 bucks. It's Home like Depot's endangered at like 50 species? or 60. Morgan St. Whole Foods has great trees. Are they like gluten-free? Great <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's going on with these Whole Foods trees? They're made out of kale. No, <laughs> oh, to, a kale tree. Go to like Home Depot or Costco. 35, 40, 50 bucks. With like some vegan vinaigrette. I don't even look at your limp, your limp microphone. <laughs> the limp mic. Uh, Are you hosting? A Christmas party this year? No, we're not. Okay. We're thinking of doing a Super Bowl party, so heads up for that. Okay. Uh, with the big screen outside, we're going to check the weather, make sure that's all right. If it's cold, that's uh, 80, sunny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Maybe kickoff. 75. Might dip a little bit into the high 60s by the third quarter. Uh, no, we were at Christmas party this past week. It was fun, man. Christmas parties, they're fun. You know? <laughs> Way too much food at this party. Not enough dessert, but what are you going to do? What about Hanukkah? It's Hanukkah right now, isn't it? Yeah, yesterday started, I think. Where are the Hanukkah parties, man? Do you go uh-huh. to those? I've never been to a Hanukkah party. What mm-hmm. goes on at a Hanukkah party? No idea. I, I have no questions. Idea. Jeff have Kurtz, normally yeah, on the board. It's a shame Mike, Mike Stringer, too. Mike Stringer. Yeah. Celebrating uh, first Hanukkah with his son, Elliot. Lots of pictures. Lots of presents. Yeah. Not a bad deal, man. The only thing I know about Hanukkah, really, is from the Adam Sandler song. That's pretty, pretty much. much it. Yeah. Yeah. Eight Crazy Nights. <laughs> That's it. That's we're, all I got. We're very cultured. <laughs> yeah, all we over are. the place. Very, very. We're all, we're all inclusive. Yeah, we're, we're cultured people. 
Uh, well, you seem jazzed see. oh. about the Christmas party. So, so real quick, I brought it up. No, yeah. they're fun. I mean, uh, you know, they're fun. I think we got another one. We're going to be in New York this weekend. Me and Avery. Oh, nice. Yeah. Just you and Avery? Just us two taking a quick trip. Hell yeah, daddy daughter. Wednesday. Yeah. You going to go roller skating or ice skating in Central Park? No, we did that uh, out here okay. at, the, at the King's practice facility. Pretty awesome. Really cool. cool. Uh, so yeah, I'll be in New York next weekend. Going to be awesome. I think uh, my dad got tickets to go see the Radio City Spectacular for the Rockets. So the Rockets will be there. Nice. Yeah, pretty cool. Have you traveled alone with your daughter yet? No. And that's and kind of a whole about thing. Uh, luckily, my wife is spectacular at uh, being meticulous with every single detail. Okay. So she's taking pictures of every one of Avery's outfits that need to be together. We're also going Jeez. to the cold. It's going to be like 40 degrees, which we're not used to. Yeah. So she made a joke. She's like, do you want me to put these in like plastic bags? So you just pull them out. I was like, yeah, can you? She was like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but that'd be very helpful. Uh, one thing, going back to the Christmas party, there was a huge boxing match on this weekend. Okay. Did you, uh, did you, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan just made a face. I don't know if he watched it. Uh, did you know anything about this? I knew there was a big line move and everybody was betting DeAndre Wilder. And the one guy's got a really cool name. Tyson Fury. Yeah. Great. These guys are 6'7 and 6'9. Yeah. Okay. We watched a little bit of it at the party. By the round three, I said, I'm done with this. This is boring. Apparently, I should have kept watching because there were a couple knockouts and all this stuff. Fight ended in a draw. Yep. I didn't know that until I was walking home from the party. I checked my balance on Bovada, and it said no action. I said, what the hell? It could have possibly happened. How did I not see it? Uh, anyway, having a boxing match on in the middle of a Christmas party was a little interesting. Kind of fun. People looked at us a little funny, but I was into it. Would you believe it if I told you I ended up at the Tyson Fury after party? Uh, yes and no. The answer is yes, I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so where was it? Gramercy? No, it was at the West End in Santa oh, okay. Monica. Got so it. So it was uh yeah, yeah, a lot of interesting looking blokes in there. Yeah, boxing is an interesting crew. An interesting crowd. Last thing I want to say, is it true that and this is twenty eighteen, that TBS isn't running the marathon of a Christmas story this year? Thank God. Because of the bullying scene. Stop yourself. I swear to God. It's news. I don't know if it's fake news or what, but the bullying scene is why they've pulled it from TBS because kids shouldn't be watching that. They've been doing it for 40 fucking years. I love it. Tyson Fury, that's a great picture you put up there, Ron. He's in the John Crook All-Stars Yeah. of athlete these bodies. Guys, these guys are beasts. <laughs> athlete, but he's not in great shape, dude. No, he's, he's not. I mean, come on. He's, he's not, it's tough to be that ripped. In, it's 6'9". He looks more like Butterbean. Look at Boban, man. Boban is the most ripped 7'4 guy in the history of 7'4". Of he's great, man. Just a, He's got like an 11-pack. His torso is so long. <laughs> yeah. Those ears <laughs> just holding him up. All right, Free we got to go. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Mostly sports. Share it. Get it out there. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.